Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, is Madge Maguire heading north? Katoni Stagg shows some amazing footwork, and we drill down on Freddie Fittler's bold merge plan. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit the Boys, live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, FCTTB podcast, all one word. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at former underscore legend, or search the hashtag Anywhere but Bali. Uh, you can find the bloke to my right on Twitter, at Sid Punts, all one word. He's a man who this week wrote a strong letter to West Tigers under the heading Plastic Chairs Matter. He recently had three lovely ladies from Queensland stay at his house on their way home from Victoria. And tonight, he's wearing a Pat Cash checkered headband. Welcome, Sid. Yes, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, world. I offered a uh, couple of nice ladies a place to stay <laughs> on their way back to Queensland from Victoria. They were lovely, former. What about were... the lips? Well, they gave me a couple of high-end handbags as a thank you <laughs> for Mrs. Sid. Knockoffs or real? And, uh, no, they seem to be real, and uh, that was the only real thing about them. We sent them on their <laughs> we sent them on their way back to Queensland, and lovely ladies with giant lips, giant lips, massive lips. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Well, our story, our first story this week comes from the Riverwood Mercury, and it's children's entertainers held hostage and racially abused by kids at a party. It was a good IGA at Riverwood. Three, for those listening, three three children's entertainers dressed as Paw Patrol characters were battered, racially abused, and held hostage at a party until until police arrived in three riot vans. Said, "Wow, uh, the troop were booked to perform at a four-year-old's garden party in the United Kingdom, but." found the venue was a caravan park once they got there. (laughs) Ebony Gooding, 28, told how the pals, dressed as Chase, Marshall and Sky from the hit cartoon series, were confronted by a mob of angry school-aged primary children who immediately started kicking and punching them. Who's your favourite, Chase, Marshall or Sky? I'm a Benji Marshall man. Yeah, definitely, Um, definitely. Chase Stanley was good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Haven't got a sky. (laughs) (laughs) It was a question uh, without notice. Her uh, cousin, Rosie Trumpet. Nay. The bugle. Did you make that up? The clarinet. Nope. (laughs) Um, Had her chase costume head beaten off uh, and a boy of five screamed racist abuse at her. Uh, another five children grabbed Ebony, pulling her pulling her sky head off so she was unable to see and pushed her around. A young child then grabbed a microphone as the <laughs> pint-sized hooligans repeated, repeatedly shouted racial slurs. Awesome. Uh, Ebony said, it's probably my fault. I should have suspected something like this would happen the moment Pauline Hanson booked us to perform at her <laughs> nephew's birthday party. Uh, we kept uh, doing crying gestures to get them to calm down, Ebony said. Uh, her sister Tamara and Rosie fled to their car, but parents, the parents shut the gates and told them, you are not getting out of here. 
Uh, the birthday Where do the kids get it from? I wonder. <laughs> I've got no idea. Yeah. Uh, the birthday boy's parents then demanded back their 80 pounds uh, <laughs> deposit for the 400 pound booking before a mate of the father threatened them. I'd do what he wants. He's a complete lunatic. <laughs> uh, the pals rang the police and eight officers eight officers raced to the scene at Little Billington, uh, a small village to the northwest of London near Buckingham. It's rough there at Little Billington. Ironically, all the officers turned up wearing Paw Patrol costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there were so many police. There were three riot vans and three police cars. Ebony said it just seemed like there was police everywhere. It was surreal and felt so over the top for a four-year-old's birthday party. But I can understand why they did not want to take any chances. Uh, why they just couldn't. Sorry, we just couldn't believe how quickly things got out of control. The children were beyond wild. They were terrifying. Uh, police instructed the two ladies to quickly make handcuffs out of balloons to restrain the children. <laughs> Uh, the racial abuse would have been disgusting from adults, but from children it was almost unbelievable. Then, having our heads punched off and being trapped and threatened, it's the worst birthday party we've ever done. Uh, investigations are continuing. Now, there's a bloke from Port Macquarie who heard this story and told these two <laughs> Sheilas to toughen up <laughs> after he was lit on fire lit on by fire. Julian O'Neill. <laughs> For those who don't know the story, in 2004, while on a pre-season trip to Australia with the Witness Vikings, Vikings um, Julian O'Neill was accused of drunkenly attempting to set fire to a 13-year-old boy who was wearing a foam rubber dolphin mascot uh, whilst on a river cruise in Port Macquarie. To avoid apprehension, O'Neill then stripped his underwear following the incident, dived into the Hastings River and swam to shore before hitchhiking and be- being picked up by a passing car. One of the great stories. Now, look, I love mascots former... And I love nothing more than people dressed up as oversized animals being attacked. I am all for this. But surely, even though you've probably got a bit of restricted movement in your oversized dog costume, surely you can smash some four-year-olds and fight back. (laughs) I uh, noticed that uh, the Penrith Panthers mascot was not at the four-year-old birthdays party. Remember that one? No. Oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) That's problematic. Yeah, go, go Google that one and let's move on. <laughs> F-C-T-T-V. Yes, that's uh, unfortunate. Um, <laughs> the Terrigal Times have reported that a lad, 17, who married a gran, 71, after meeting at a funeral, revealed his lovely wife has suffered a major heart attack. Oh, what a shock. Um, a lad who found... Who could have seen that coming? A lad who found love with a... I'd straight, he'd be straight onto the lawyers, wouldn't he? <laughs> About these wills, how do they yeah. all work? Uh, this will that she just rewrote yesterday <laughs> before I fed her this meal. How does me, this all work? Put me foot on a chest. Um, a lad who found love with a grand 53 years his senior was told how his lovely... Sorry, has told how his lovely wife has suffered a heart attack. Amilda and Gary Hardwick married in 2015, two weeks after meeting at her son Robert's funeral. Sometimes you just know, former. <laughs> Sometimes you just know. <laughs> Took him two weeks to find the correct recipe to give someone a heart attack. Mate, you are you are elite level if you're going to a funeral to pick up some kid's mum. That's good. Well, <laughs> that is, grandma. That is, that yeah. is, no, her son, Robert's funeral. Oh, it was, oh yeah, that's, yeah. Get At it. the time, Gary was 17 and had recently split up with his, get this, 77-year-old girlfriend. No. And Almeida was 71, although they are now 21 and 75. Uh, Gary has revealed the tragic news about Almeida suffering a large or major heart attack. 
in a TikTok video. That's right. Yeah, I follow him on TikTok. <laughs> I love this kid. From their shared account, he thanked people for their overwhelming love and support. Almeida's oh, had geez, a heart attack. He's got him straight under the pump with a shared account. <laughs> well, much like her heart, he's under the pump. Um, she had a stent. Her artery was clogged 100%. Another one was clogged 90%. Two more were pretty clogged. <laughs> Technical term there. It was high risk. I hope you all pray for her. Now, normally Gary and Amita's TikTok channel is a little more lighthearted and features a series of videos where they sing to one another before smooching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not sure. Uh, should not sure. Have to shave more in that. Uh, you picture. know what? That's not even in the top five worst TikTok channels I've watched. <laughs> It's uh, still pretty crook. Previously, Gary from Tennessee revealed how he loved his wife deeper than the ocean. I promise you to love you unconditionally and share with all the care and concern you desire until my last breath. On their fourth someone's an- last breath. <laughs> on their fourth anniversary, yeah, <laughs> you'd be horribly unlucky for her out see you, brother. I will love you till the day you die next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> on their fourth anniversary, he said. Four years ago on this day, I gave you my heart and my soul to, uh, to this woman who steals it over and over again every day until the day I met you. I never knew it was possible to love someone so deeply. Now, speaking of deeply, the couple who had sex for the first time on their wedding night previously described each other as wonderful lovers. Disgusting. It was wonderful beyond my wildest dreams, revealed Gary previously in a candid video with Fabulous Digital. Obviously, Almeida hadn't shaved downstairs for over a decade, so it looked like the backyard of a housing commission joint <laughs> but other than that it was amazing <laughs> what the hell there's a dead possum hiding in this bush there's an old kingswood in here This story's crook. Where do you find this stuff? I remember the next morning, Almeida doubling her Celebrex intake because the arthritis and her hip fleared, but she said it was worth it. Now, Almeida and Gary married in a ceremony which he arranged for just 200 pounds uh, in six days. After marrying, the pair moved into Almeida's house with one of her grandsons, who was three years older than her new husband. Xbox, bro? Um, <laughs> yeah, granddad. Uh, I wasn't looking for a young man, but Gary just came into my life, said Almeida. Actually, he came into my wild gardens of Babylon, but you know what I mean, she said. Now, t- two weeks after the first, two weeks after their first date, she had no hesitation accepting when Gary proposed on the phone. Oh, <laughs> Classic this guy's Gary. guy's a romantic. Uh, he said, I was going to send her an email, but much like the Lady Gillette, Almeida hasn't seen her email for about a 10 years. Six days later, Almeida wore a dress borrowed from his cousin as they married in the gardens outside Lisa's flat. Unfortunately, as it was a housing commission joint, they lost Almeida in the grass for about an hour on that day. Since their wedding, Gary's had their names tattooed across his chest, but uh, just looking at the photos, Sid, I'm tipping you, just went with the initials because he's dead set built like a pretzel. (laughs) He's got shoulders like a brown snake. Um... You know what this story highlights to me, Sid? Oh, what? How hard it is being a man these days. I mean, here we have... We're the victims here. Gary and Almeida, uh, an age gap of around 50 years, and everyone's calling Almeida a a cougar or a sugar mummy. But when you reverse the story and the man's 50 years older, blokes like poor old Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump are seen as grubs. Uh Totally (laughs) agree. Crazy times. Dad said, Gary is a genius. Old biddies, they need loving too, former. (laughs) 
Don't be so judgmental. Just get out of the whippersnipper. There's a lot to like about going out with an old lady. I'd backburn first. Probably. You probably get a good parking spot down the shops. Yep. Uh, she's got some coin. You're in a good spot. And uh, no unwanted pregnancies. F-C-T-T-B. Well, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, no, that is exactly what we do here. <laughs> uh, oh, talk, wow. about, talk about lady gardens. Um, Disgusting. This comes from the Blackheath Bugle, but it's oh, about yeah. a, a, a town that's close to our heart, Sid. Yes. A man rescued after being trapped under a giant bell in regional New South Wales town. What a great story. A man has been rescued after being trapped by a giant bell when it fell on him in a regional New South Wales town. <laughs> Yeah, we had to check. He's okay well, before we ran this story. The bell fell on the 77-year-old man in uh, in a reserve in Nimitabel near Cooma in the Monaro region. Hey, good uh, people down there. He's believed to have been working on the bell, which was bought by locals as a tourist attraction a few years ago. Emergency services were called after the accident at 2.30 p.m. This will dead set put Nimitabel on the map for me. <laughs> well, you'd imagine <laughs> if, the, bell. If, the bell, if the bell does this accident, Will. Uh, New South Wales police spokesman said the man suffered leg injuries, but luckily it didn't affect his... Donga. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. The Blackheath Bugle believes that the man is still stuck under the bell as we go to air tonight. The nearly 100-year-old bell was bought by locals as a tourist attraction for $60,000 from the USA. They saw us coming. New South Wales. <laughs> what else have we got here? Um, New South Wales Deputy Premier uh, John Barillaro unveiled it in 2015, but a row was created about where to put it because of the noise the bell made. Uh, the Canberra Times reported that the bell had divided the town, which is two hours south of Canberra. And when I say it's divided the town, Sid, it's really been a ding-dong battle. <laughs> oh, God. You've got the 14 people who want the bell and the 16 people who don't want the bell. They <laughs> should just have a game of footy to sort it out. Now, according to the Monaro Post, the bell was only craned into place earlier this month as the village's Oh, sorry, at the village's Gelmecca uh, House Museum. Which in itself is a fantastic tourist attraction. Yeah. Um, uh, the, a, safe work, <laughs> a Safe Work New South Wales spokesperson said, uh, Safe Work New South Wales making inquiries after receiving a notification of a man being trapped under the bell at a local museum in Nimitabel. No further comment can be made at this time. Yeah, well, this got us thinking, what can we do for the beautiful 30 people in Nimitabel? Yeah, and as we as we mentioned earlier in the story, um, he's still under the bell. He's trapped, yeah. um, and so we got it's together. Worrying times, yeah, it is. And so we got together and we got a few celebrities. At first, the community was divided, <laughs> but now they're all there laughing at this guy under the bell. <laughs> That's right. They've dug a little channel in to feed him food, yep. but he's stuck under there at the moment, living in his own poo. Um, <laughs> Which, as a 77-year-old man, is a common occurrence anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, we thought we'd get together with a few celebrities and we've penned this song and we've recorded it. And somehow it made the news down there at Channel 6 in Cooma. Yeah. And uh, you and your celebrity mates have made it again with a, a wonderful song and I'm sure it'll get the bell off this old man somehow. It's what I do best. I'm Kent Bruckman. Channel 6's very own Sid Punts has gathered members of the entertainment community who normally steer clear of fashionable causes for a song called We're Sending Our Love to Nimitabel. Well, I wanted to do something for the boys, Kent. So I called my good mate Sting. He said, Sid, when do you need me? I said, Tuesday. He said, I'm busy Tuesday. I said, what about Wednesday? 
He said, Wednesday's worse than Tuesday. Then he said, how about Thursday? I said, fine. True story. Yeah, Sid was the original bass player for the police, but he quit to do a podcast or something. (laughs) I stand by my decision. There's a hole in my heart that's as deep as a well For that poor old man that's stuck under the bell Though we can't get him out, we'll do the next best thing We'll go on our podcast and sing, sing, sing And we're setting our love under the bell Inimitable And we're setting our love under the bell In a town like hell Well, the review of round 12 begins from Thursday night when the Bunnies were too strong for the Dragons, winning 32 points to 24. Now, fittingly, in Indigenous round, all of the Bunnies' tries were scored by some of their Indigenous players with Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell and Alex Johnson sharing the tries. How good is Indigenous round, by the way? It it was really good. It was really well done. It's amazing. It's something the Rugby League have done well for a couple of years now, but and it's... I don't want to... Bag AFL. Do it. I will if you don't. Is doing this, but gee, it's I just like it. It's yeah. really, really good. It's I'll fantastic. leave it at that. Um, the Dragons started like a dog shot up the arse in this one, Sid. They led 16 nil after 16 minutes before the Bunnies scored the next three tries, and uh, both teams were locked at 16 all at half time. Much of the second half was an arm wrestle before the Bunnies once again found some tries, including an intercept to Alex Johnson from a Tristan Sailor uh, pass. But uh, sealing a deal for the South, despite a very late try to... Yeah, the Dragons opened the scoring in this one when the Bunnies, on the attack, 10 metres out from the Dragons' line, they got a six-again call before Adam Reynolds spilled the ball straight away. Corey Norman took off down the field, and he dead set looked like he was running in cement. Cody Walker caught him on the halfway line, but flying up in support was full credit to the boys' favourite. Oh, yeah. Who took the pass from Norman and sprinted away to score. He was involved in the second try as well, this fella. Oh, yeah. As uh, he threw a great ball to Aitken to score. Then Aitken returned the favour to... Oh, yeah. To score his second try. And the Dragons looked headed for an upset. But as is normally the case, when Sid punts backs you, <laughs> you're going to fall over. Up 16-0 in, what, 16, 17, 18 minutes. The Dragons were run down convincingly by the Rabbits, who piled on 32 points to eight for the remainder of the game in a crucial win for the Bunnies' top eight hopes. Can I just say that a couple of teams, the Dragons are one of them, they're halves, and also the Cowboys we'll touch on later, Uh there's nothing wrong with kicking on the fourth tackle. Their their kicking game on uh, Thursday was diabolical. Corey Norman must have hit the fullback on the full, I reckon, eight out of ten times with the ball. Yeah, I don't understand when you get to be playing 200 first-grade games and you can't control the game like that. Like a simple, just get the ball to bounce. Jesus Mix it up. Do it on the fourth. If every single kick goes straight down their throat. Latrell must have just thought, no matter where I stand, the ball's coming to me. Because and he's not a fullback, so you could kick it pretty much anywhere. The Swans would, would have been looking <laughs> at that going, that's unbelievable. He's <laughs> yep. hit him on the chest every, every time. Every time. It's unbelievable. What a coincidence. Um, 
Yeah, the game of Rabbitohs discard Alex Johnson was extraordinary, according to Fooker the Boys' backyard stats lab, ass kicking Carl and his brown lips brother, ass licking Larry. Uh, the winger and I don't for- like Larry. His breath King- stinks. <laughs> the winger and former Kangaroo rep uh, has been rumoured to have been told he should be seeking a new club in 2021, and his efforts on Friday night will excite prospective clubs. Johnson finished with three tries to go with uh, a couple of tackles, a try assist, 289 running metres. Nice. 19 contact, uh, post-contact, I should say, three line breaks and four tackle busts. 133 super coach points for those that tune in for those uh, stats. Yeah. Yeah, look, he was, Parker a, fans. <laughs> he was enormous in this game. But uh, if the pass from Duffman to Aitken was, was good, which it was, his pass just before halftime was even better. Finding the chest of the winger. Only problem was the winger that caught it was South winger Alex Johnson, mm. who flew down the field Kicked inside for Latrell to pounce and score, nearly knocking himself out while doing so. I don't know what that post-try celebration was where you slam your face into the turf. He's going to look good in a um, orange and black jersey next year, isn't he? Oh, isn't he? But uh, that try tied things up at the break. I don't know what Mary said to them at halftime, <laughs> but he probably shouldn't say it again. <laughs> they came out and were punished in the second half. A kick out on the full, some poor defence. Another intercept to Johnson again. They dead set imploded the Dragons. Yeah, perhaps the biggest talking point out of this game was the terrible decision from the bunker in awarding Tyson Frizzell a try in the 52nd minute. Uh, chasing through a grubber from Ben Hunt, the big man dived out to try and ground the ball, but it well, it looked dodgy at best in real speed. Oh, absolutely. It looked even worse in slow motion as uh, replays show that there was separation between Frizzell's hand and the ball. Now, despite the evidence, Ghislaine Maxwell in the bunker adjudicated that Frizzell's try was good and awarded the barnstorming back row of the four-pointer, saying he granted it with his wrist. I'm pretty sure I've seen at one stage Frizzell just shake his head real quickly to say, nah. Yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell didn't really look at it too many times. It was a definite no try for me. They they really should have appealed that to the second bunker. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shout out to you, Cooper. <laughs> also in this game, I don't know why Mary – I don't know why Mary does a lot of things, but I don't know why Mary – left Tristan Saylor on the bench until the last 14 minutes. The Dragons were desperate for points way before that. Yeah. Why have him on the bench if you're not going to use him and when by the time that, the game's over? You do that to a young bloke. It actually puts pressure on him. Well, there's been a bit of talk that he wants out. So is this just a token effort? Because that's not going to help mm. 14 minutes when with 25 to go, they wanted to score points. He, when he did come on... His kicking game was quite good. Well, he had three runs and a try assist through a kick mm. that got him back in the game. But an by the time he... And an intercept try. Yeah, let's gloss over that because that's not really proving my point. But uh, by the time, time he came on the field, the game was over. Uh, the first game on Friday night... Oh, uh, it was busy Friday night. Yeah, I didn't see much of it. No. So this will be really quick. I uh, saw the Warriors... Uh, just get over the top of the brave West Tigers. Um, In the other game on Friday night? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's talk about it. The Tigers started much like the Dragons the night before and rapidly hit a 10-0 lead. Uh, But then, much like the Dragons, West's invited opponents back into the contest, then watched them go by them, then watched them take the win. In the end, it was four tries all, but to be fair, the Warriors deserved the win. Uh, They were the better side for most of the game. Uh, they controlled both field position and possession. Yep. And the short kicking game from the Kiwi side, particularly the second half, uh, with Blake Green had the Tigers continually starting sets from inside their own 10-metre line or even giving away repeat sets. Yeah, the only thing I hate more than uh, watching West Tigers lose is 
you texting me during the game saying we're shot here and giving you. me a whole bunch of reasons. I know I'm watching it. <laughs> Piss off. But oh, no. <laughs> mate, I couldn't. I didn't know where to vent my frustrations. Mate, like, this what was are they doing? this was a great win for the Warriors. Let's not take away anything from them. The Tigers dead set blew it. The only good things out of this game, I'm trying to remain positive from a Tigers perspective, were the outstanding jerseys for Indigenous Round. Yep. I want one. PO Box 4166, Oatley West. Um, Double XL. And the, <laughs> and the performance from Sam McIntyre in only his sixth game in first grade and only 47, 47 minutes in this game. The second row, he scored a try and it was a good try. Made 36 tackles, a line break, 80 running metres. But we have some dead set passengers in this side. Well, we'll get on to them in a little while. But We I will totally not make agree. the eight. And we don't deserve to make the eight. Our attack was awful. And we needed to win this game to stay in the hunt. And we did not. And I don't think playing Brooks off the bench is proving anything. Uh, I don't want to say about that later. Now, according to Fulker at the boys, backyard sass lab, Hammerhead Harry and his simple brother, Softhead Hank, uh, without doubt one of the best on the ground was Warriors centre, Peter Hicku. Uh, the experienced number four, who was working with the newly loaned winger, George Jennings, scored two tries to go with uh, 13 tackles, 133 running metres, uh, two line breaks and seven tackle busts. And nearly 200 super coach points if you captained him. I don't oh, know you why you would. Him? No, I don't know why you would. Oh, I nearly captained him. Did you? Mm. It was a fantastic game from Hiku and from all the Warriors players, let's be honest, they had four players go home this week. They've gotten Alvaro and Jennings from the Eels, Hetherington from the Panthers in the last couple of weeks. They're all new to each other. They Tell you all... what, George Jennings looked bloody good, like he'd been playing there for, for months. He's bursting out of his skin. He wants to – and this is what's happening. Hetherington was the same. He's like, I'm not getting a crack. Let's a crack. go out there and have a crack, and it's working in the Warriors' favour. Do you understand. reckon they go there with a bit of all care, no responsibility? Ah, oh, we lost us. Well, I reckon they – no, I reckon it's the opposite. I reckon yeah. they're not getting a shot, so – this is their shot, and uh, unfortunately, they all fired. Yeah, against us. But uh, it's a great result for the Warriors and the NRL. It's good that these players are getting loaned there and they're having a dig. Mm. What I don't understand is how the Warriors are releasing players at yeah, the same time. It's interesting. We'll talk but about we'll that. We'll get news. on to that later. Uh, West Tigers coach uh, Michael Maguire for was how long? Clearly filthy with his team at both halftime and full time particularly at his team's attitude and willingness to uh, put their bodies on the line in defence. At halftime, there was vision of him kicking a plastic chair, uh, bringing, <laughs> bringing Trent Barrett to tears at home. <laughs> now, it's clear after the game that, uh, that this week will be a long and pretty honest one with uh, his team, with a number of players facing the chop. If there was good news for the Tigers fans coming out of this game... The jersey was good. They're no longer ninth. <laughs> yeah. They're tenth. It's uh, not good. And also... Um, also, you're uh, struggling to find an also, aren't you? Well, Madge Maguire obviously is a fan of this show because he did say that his team needs to have a look in the mirror. Although, to be fair, Madge, Tuesdays only. Tuesdays only, Madge. Uh, but please don't go to the North Queensland Cowboys. But there, <laughs> there are a number of players facing the chop, not just this week, but just chopped from the Tigers. Uh, but no one seems to want to pick up these players. The Grub, he's got to go. Mm-hmm. M by. Grub's has on, to go. Grub's on seven fifty, I believe. Embi's on eight fifty. Packers on seven fifty. Packers the next one. McQueen. Oh, uh, what 
What did I say about him? I told you the moment they signed him. I, said, this I don't is sign these players. One of the it's worst. not up to me. What, but I had, I had Tigers fans saying, no, 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 he just needed a, a go, mate. <sighs> anyway, what about this one for a controversial? Actually, I'll leave that. Uh, Elijah Taylor, he's got to go. I didn't he's, even know he was still there. Well, he's still there. He's not playing at the moment. But what about this one? Chris Lawrence has got to go. 100% told you that last year. And was and was held down by uh, a certain Cowboys fan who not said me. to me, Oh, you gotta you gotta be loyal. No, you don't. No, no you, don't. you don't. You don't have to be loyal to no one, mate. That guy's done Player... nothing for our club. <laughs> mate, I'm sure <laughs> he had to a... get a whole face rebuilt. I'm sure there'll be a job for him as long as no one talks about it right now. Uh, yeah, after we've learned our lesson there. But also, I do not know, and you just touched on it a second ago. I do not know why Brooks is getting picked on the bench. Doesn't work. He's either our number seven or he's our number eighteen. Much like Grub. He's either out there or he's not. Putting Brooks on the bench, like our forwards are getting better. I could make an argument for Put Grubb, another for Grub being on the bench only because he can uh, play absolutely. four positions. Absolutely, but Brooks, that's the only position he plays. Our attack is putrid or was putrid in this game. Mm. Bringing Brooks on at the end, which they did, and I think we scored a try. But we had four halves out there. That's dumb. Dumb and coaching. And only, I brought it up with Madge when we had coffee yesterday. Not only that. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to North Queensland. I reckon the first thing he said, enjoy the coffee in Townsville. Um, <laughs> not only that, I think the the worst thing that probably happened on uh, Friday night was hitting that 10-0 lead so quickly. Yeah. It's like they all of a sudden thought they were going to be the Harlem Globetrotters all night. Because we have played well, even losing like last week. Mm. They come out 10-0. We got this. No, you don't got this. Mm. <sighs> Let's move on. Uh, anyway, Done that's, with that team. that's the end of the... I don't ti- even follow rugby league anymore. The Tigers Hour podcast. Let's move on. <laughs> the second game on Friday night... What a night, depressing well, podcast the Tigers we, Hour would be. If we were depressed after the first game, well, things picked up on the second game <laughs> when the Sharks beat the Broncos 36 points to 26. The Sharky scored 18 points in the final 10 minutes to resign the Broncos to a new week of misery as they handed up an eight-point lead and magically turned it into a 10-point loss. Unbelievable. In a remarkable game of rugby league, there were four lead changes, but in the end, it was uh, an inexperienced Sharks team that handed the Broncos their eighth loss in nine games. What an unbelievable finish to the game this was. But for the Broncos, the same inevitable result. The Sharks scored first through this fella. Mulatalo, who picked up a loose ball and ran 60 metres to score. He was nearly run down by a front rower. Mm. How embarrassing. Mm. Uh, And it was tit for tat for most of the game after that. But with 10 to go, as you said, the Broncos dead set had this wrapped up. Up by eight points, but unbelievably, the Sharks scored 18 points in nine minutes to win it. But for under fire coach Anthony Seabomb, they were unlucky. Yeah, Have well. a listen to this presser. We didn't touch the ball in the last 10 minutes, so it was really frustrating because, of, again, for you know, a large portion of the game, I thought we did a pretty fair job, but just hurting ourselves. You know, we drop the, we get a repeat set, we drop the ball off the restart and we didn't touch the ball again. So, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. In some ways, it's a story about you, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, the frustrating part of it is we, we just, you know, we're just not good enough defending our errors at the moment. You know, you think of the first half, we offload the footy, they run away 70 metres. 
you know, we give away a seven tackle set, they go down there and score. And then, you know, one of our players gets raked with the footy right on half time and they score on half time. You know, that's just three tries where we're just not making them work for their points. And then we defended really well for 30 minutes and then you saw us, we didn't touch the ball for the last 10 minutes and there was three tries. We're just, you know, clearly, you know, just hurting ourselves. He was uh, full of excuses from that little bit, but uh, he was also full of praise for the MILF and Darius. So basically, you guys lost the plot. Mate, oh, I don't know where to start with this. Like, Try. I know, I know I shouldn't say this to start with, but his voice is starting to shit. <laughs> and then his excuses are getting to be merry level of just... But the media's not calling him out in those presses either. They're stripping him. He's stripping down tries, and every try is some sort of result of bad luck or or a, a small error that's resulted into a try. Mate, that's that's rugby league for you. Let's talk about some cold hard facts here. Anthony mm-hmm. Seabold, he said after the game that he's made his team had made some huge gains in the past couple of weeks, despite losing both these games. We look at the Sharks team, Sid. Yep. 11 out of the Sharks' 17 players had less than 30 games experience. It was the baby Sharks. Do, 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 do. Which, even that was starting to drive me mad on Twitter that night. Uh, oh, I didn't even see that they did that. Cronulla had uh, center Jackson Ferris and half Braden Trindle, who looked good, by the way, on debut. Uh, and the team was patched together with big guns, uh, Ramian, the Noodle, Townsend, Dugan, Moylan, and Andrew Vita all out. Yep. There was... Absolutely nothing good about this loss for the Broncos. Absolutely nothing. Yep. And for Seabold to sit there and say anything else is A-grade bullshit. The loss left Brisbane uh, sitting second last on the ladder with just three wins from 12 rounds. Their only win since COVID lockdown was against the Bulldogs, who, by the way, are last. Anthony Seabold's team has lost nine of its past 10 matches. They have by far the worst for and against on the ladder. So don't break down individual tries and individual and twenty minute, thirty minute patchy efforts, yep. and tell me that we're on the improve. Bullshit. The only thing that he said in that in that uh, press conference that was actually something that was uh, that was the truth was, I'm contracted for another four years and I'm not going nowhere. Well, yeah. Further in that press conference, when asked if he will see out the year as Brisbane coach, Seabom paused and he's like. See out the year and paused again and said, I think so. I'm not quitting. That surely puts a shiver through the spine of the Broncos board. He's going nowhere, Seabom. You he's pay gonna, him out. He's going to keep coming out with excuses or they're going to have to hand him a check for $2 million to get rid of him. Almost worth it. Uh, the performance of the Sydney solicitor firm, Braden, Hamlin, and Ueli, was stellar for the Sharks, according to Full Crew Boys Backyard Stats Lab. Axe hacking Harry and his bad counting brother, tax dodging Darren. The Cronulla big man led from the front, finishing with his own try to go with uh, 19 tackles, 153 running metres, 53 post contacts. So he's trying hard after he gets hit. Uh, one line break and six tackle busts. Yeah, after a couple of good tries from the Broncos and some great involvement from Darius, I'm being honest, it was good. It looked all over, but an equally good try to Katoa in the 70th minute from a great backline play, saw the Sharks turn the momentum and set up an incredible finish. As you said, the walking legal firm, Uale, had a great game scoring the final try, but the try in between those two to Connor Tracy was an absolute pearler. Some great lead-up work from this guy. 
as he scooted down the wing, then put in an incredible kick to see Tracy put the Sharks in front. This is a crucial win for the Sharkies, who I tipped a few weeks ago to hit some form and make the eight, and they did well with a very inexperienced team this week. Uh, the first game on Saturday saw the Roosters, well, they beat the Titans. Yeah. I guess that's the one good thing. But they only won 18 points to 12 despite some tips that would suggest otherwise. In all, it was a, a game that most judges had penciled in an easy win for the Roosters. But the all-new and improved Titans put up a great showing, Sid, forcing the Roosters to compete for the entire 80 minutes. It was two tries apiece with the goal-kicking of Kyle Flanagan proving to be the real difference. Two for two conversions and three from four penalties. That's right, penalties separating uh-huh. the two sides. It was a great performance from the Titans. I've got some more to say about the penalties. Uh, They can consider themselves unlucky not to jag this win, even though people thought they had no chance. But they were great in this game. This fella... He's done. He's good. Got them off to a flying start. A great piece of play from inside their own 20. The Titans, they saw that the uh, Roosters were playing a very compressed defence and they chanced their arm and went around them with Copley taking off down the touchline to run 60 metres before he put a a kick in, which everyone watching thought was a mistake, gave Teddy a chance to turn around and chase. He had two players unmarked inside him, but luckily for the Titans, the ball fell the way of this fella. He's done. He's good. To score. But only after the officials deemed that Tedesco had held back Brimson and a penalty try would have been given to... He's done. He's good. If he didn't ground the ball. Now, my question to you, former, is this. Should it have been given a penalty try regardless? Because that infringement happened before this guy... He's done. He's good. Grounded it. And what happened since was that the Titans missed the conversion. The penalty try would have been from right in front. That's a good point. It's an interesting point. I don't know the answer. Uh, he did still score a try, but the ref said think, if I, he doesn't ground the ball, it will be a penalty try. He should have kicked it out. So then later on, it's uh, it can't, yeah, he should have just thrown it. But uh, my point here, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but it was argued by the Titans later in the game where Brian Kelly held back Manu, who looked like scoring and was binned for a professional foul, even though a penalty try was not considered. And Hipgrave, he got binned as well, even though a penalty try was not awarded. Mm. So this one, they said this was definitely a penalty try, but it's not a professional foul. That's a good point as well, mate. I don't know. Where's Graham Annesley? Come and explain this. Cross, it was the Titans and not the Tigers. Um, oh, I'd be blown up to Lux <laughs> if it was the Tigers. It was a game that the Roosters won. Roosters. The, game the Roosters. The, the Roosters won. But the Titans... Uh, had at least three clear chances in scoring an equalising try to sit and all that. In the opening minutes, it looked like they were streaking away for the opening try of the game, but it would be pulled back uh, to when the break was first made. Replays would show the ball was passed after Kelly was held and the try was disallowed. Uh, Phillips Sammy uh, burst through and was backing up in support to score what looked like a certain try in the corner. This time it was an incredible try-saving effort uh, which saved the Roosters as Joey Manu came across in cover to roll Sammy over into touch. And then just two minutes later in the first game back from injury, AJ Brimson uh, steamed onto a grubber and again looked certain to hit back for the Titans. This time it was a desperate tackle from 
uh, Satili Tupunawi. That's um, pretty good effort. <laughs> that's uh, wrong, but it's pretty good. <laughs> that forced the ball free as Brimson died over the try line. Uh, there's little doubt the Titans are no longer the easy beats of the competition. I'll give them that. That's the tit- That's the Broncos. Uh, the next step <laughs> is to convert some of these close and brave efforts into some uh, premiership points. Yeah, that was an incredible try-saver from Manu on Sammy. They did everything right, the Titans, in that lead-up play, only for Manu to somehow hold him up over the line. But they did play well, the Titans. Their effort was great all day. Some poor goal-kicking. And a few decisions, quite a few decisions, went against them. Mm. But it was a game that everyone thought they would uh, cop a hiding. So it was a good effort from them. They yeah. nearly jagged it. As we were speaking of Joey Manu, there's little doubt he was best on ground, according to Full Crew the Boys. Backyard Stats Lab, face-punching Pearly. Sorry, face-punching Percy. And his musician brother, cone-punching Paul. He scored the Roosters' first try. He was involved in that defensive play of the year when he stopped Philip Sammy from scoring. He also made 22 tackles. Uh, he ran for 84 metres, um, two line breaks and five tackle busts. So he did a big, pretty big day. It was a big day. I used to play in a band with uh, Cone Punching Paul. <laughs> did you? Um, I think I know him. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he kick you uh, out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the band... <laughs> the band reformed with a new bass player. I didn't get kicked out. But anyway, although Brimson... Same lineup, right? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Although Brimson bombed a try, he was also good in this one. That's his first game back in nine months after suffering from a fractured back. So it's great to see him um, back. He looked dangerous. He ran for 90, 90 metres and scored a try. There was a lot to like about the performance from the Titans. Currently, Queensland's favourite team. Fractured back. I know, right? I've had Rooters back. Actually, uh, you have not. Pullers back, I've had. Um, <laughs> the second game on Carpal Saturday. Carpal tunnel, you've had. <laughs> the second game on Saturday saw the Raiders, well, they squeaked home against the Cowboys 14 points to 12. Another now, close one. While Canberra try and manage an injury-ravaged roster, a couple of uh, returning stars pushed the Raiders to a tight win against the Cowboys at Married Cousin Stadium in Townsville. John Bateman and Curtis Scott both got to pull a green jersey back on and both players were instrumental in the victory with Curtis Scott scoring the final try of the game. They, uh, they do have a lot of injuries, the Raiders, and they've had a lot of obstacles in their way this season after making the grand final last year. But they are still equal fourth with the Roosters after the halfway mark and they got a few troops back this week. And even though it was a tight win, it was a good win. It was a win, yeah that you would think that Ricky Stewart would be happy with, and he was, here's what he had to say. We're just, we're just not getting a, a, a bounce of the ball and you, you make your own luck. And we're probably not putting ourselves in the frame to make our own luck at the moment, but um, little bounces are going against us. Um, you know, they got a six again, a penalty, and then they're on, we're on the back foot and they scored pretty early or through good play. And credit to the boys, though, they, they hung in there and they knew they weren't playing well and they, they hung tough. I mean, if they weren't a tough football team, we'd get beaten tonight. If they didn't prepare the way they prepared this week for the road trip up here, we'd get beaten. But credit to how they uh, did handle it. But credit to, credit to Josh's team, not taking any credit away from uh, the Cowboys, but we can play better. You know, credit to the Cowboys. They, they, they certainly got in our face. They didn't let us play well. Did he he say- was giving credits and taking credits and <laughs> throwing credits everywhere there. There was one full credit. There, there was. was. A couple of just credits. There was no debits, which was good. <laughs> In a profit and loss statement, you don't want debits. You just want credits. <laughs> he did say that the Cowboys probably deserve to win, but uh, they got the two points, the Raiders, and they're still in the hunt. All right. 
Jason Tamalolo plays, Jason Tamalolo runs, Jason Tamalolo tackles, Jason Tamalolo scores, Jason <laughs> Tamalolo is unfortunately Robinson Crusoe in Townsville. Uh-huh. This game, the rugby league god led from the front. He scored a try and was best on ground again in a beaten side. Uh, he finished with 31 tackles, 213 running metres. That's right, it's just like clockwork. 67 of those were post-contact because he's very hard to stop. Uh, one line break and seven tackle busts. Yeah, that try was massive from your boyfriend, Tal Malolo. But uh, I just thought since you're jerking off to Tal Malolo yet again, let's play your favourite song. Every game he would run like a champ. His stats were massive and I'd cream my pants. Tal Malolo. The man down below, low. The big man down below, low. Forgot about that. Yeah, and fair enough, too. It was a great game from Queensland's second favourite team, not you, Broncos, <laughs> as they were in this game right to the end, mostly thanks to your boyfriend. They were down to 12 men at one point, and Asiata had to return to the field with a busted knee, a knee that he's done before. They fought hard, the Cowboys, and uh, should see Maguire. That's not Madge Maguire. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, Maguire, Morgan, and do, do God no. and Arcee return next week. And hopefully they can all help your boyfriend get the Cowboys winning again. Let's play some more of your favourite song. Now, this game was the first time the paths of the Raiders and referee Ben I'm Cummins uh, have crossed since last year's grand final. And the six again debacle that uh, for sure, uh, sorry, overshadowed that grand final. Uh, the Raiders fans were having palpitations in the second half again on Saturday when he ruled a Cowboys penalty. With the Raiders leading 14-12, Jake Clifford was quick to point the fingers towards the goals and say that the Cowboys will be looking to level it up uh, from almost right in front. Raiders were then... Uh, even more quick to challenge the call of I'm Cummins, uh, which ruled Dynamis Louie had dived on the ball from an offside position. Replay showed that Louie had every right to dive on the ball uh, and the call was reversed. And Ben I'm Cummins was proven once again why coronavirus is still more popular than him in the nation's capital. Yeah, well, once again, the media beat this up. The first game that last year's grand final cheating ref was <laughs> refing a Canberra game. And again, the media built it up two weeks ago when the Raiders beat the Roosters in the grand final replay. Winning this one with cum face refing <laughs> does nothing to appease Raiders fans after losing the grand final last year. They don't care that they beat the Roosters two weeks ago or that cum face gave them an overrule and they got away with this one. But we will hear about this for years and years to come from the media. Um. Well, the game of the week, supposedly, was going to be the Panthers and the Seagulls, but the Panthers were just absolutely wiped the Seagulls, winning 42 points to 12. The Seagulls came crashing down to earth after the hammering from the Penrith Panthers at Fortress Brookvale with a seven tries to two pumping. Manly had been uh, bravely covering a raft of injuries in their lineup over the past few weeks, yep. but against the Panthers, their defici- deficiencies were laid bare. 
uh, as Penrith at times had their way with them. It was all over by half time as the visitors led 24 points to six and the Panthers never took the foot off the throat of the Northern Beaches team, ultimately finishing 30 points in front. Yeah, it was a near-perfect half of footy from the Panthers. Only a try from Trebojevic just before half-time, stopping the Panthers from going into half-time. Four tries to nil up, and they were great tries from the Panthers. Charlie Staines, mm. your mate, scored oh, a cup. double in the first half. Uh, his second try was an absolute gem, one-handed, flying through the air, in the corner with two cover defenders charging at him. Uh, it was a great game from the Panthers. Yeah. Um, if there was one question mark over the Seagulls at the start of this year, it was the depth of their squad. And it looks to be laid bare at the moment, given the number of high-profile players sitting on the sidelines. The Manly side added to their woes in this game too, with uh, returning 5'8 to Dylan Walker, the Pink Ribbon man, who went off early in the first half with a foot complaint. That's no, like, no good. That's uh, terrible. And Brad Parker failed a concussion test. And Curtis Sirenen... Scorpio. Also tweaked his medial ligament. Yeah, they're saying Curtis's one is not as bad as first thought, but uh, they are in the wars, Manly, and have dropped out of the eight on for and against. They sit in ninth position, just sneaking ahead of West Tigers. Uh, But I think ninth is where they will finish at the end of the year. Mm. Uh, Every team has injuries, but let's not take anything away from the Panthers' side. They were clinical in this one. Api Corusau, who I tipped would be the buy of the year at the start of the season. He was enormous in this one. No, he's the same size as last 52 week. 52 tackles, a line break, and was dangerous around the ruck all night. And the Panthers were just unstoppable. Yes. Um... TikTok sensation, Nathan Cleary. Is in rare form at the moment. Once again, starting this one, scoring one of the Panthers' tries, kicking seven goals. Uh, also, uh, he made 16 tackles, two try assists, 45 running meters, eight post contact of those. And he also had two tackle busts. In his current form, Sid, surely he's the first bloke picked for the end of year Origin series. I reckon only injury will stop him from wearing the blue number seven for all three games. Yeah, look, he is in good form. They've only lost one game all Kier- season. Him with Kiri will be a nice little combo, just quietly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it remains to be seen. It's a long season. But uh, they've only lost one game and had one draw all season, the Panthers. They've won eight on the trot. Uh, they're having a great season. I was copying an absolute pasting on Twitter during this game from Penny Panthers fans and other dickheads about my <laughs> criticism this year of the Panthers' attack. Let me just put it this way. I have been critical, but yesterday in Buzz Rothfield's column, oh, wow. in his What's the Buzz column, <laughs> under his... Who's been spotted buying oranges at yeah, Carrie Yeah, it wasn't Bar-Lewis. under the spotted one. It was under the highlight. Mm. His highlight was the great attacking football that the Panthers have played all season. So here I'm drawing a line in the sand, people. Hate me all you want. But if you disagree with me, that means you're on Buzz Rothfield's side. Team Buzz v Team Sid. Yeah. Whose side Take are you Take his on? side. I don't mind old Beatrice Cheeks. Now. Think about it. <laughs> he does make a good point this week. Uh, Saturday in the first game saw the Eels fall over the line to beat the Bulldogs 18 points to 16. Another close game. The Bulldogs did everything but beat the Eels in the first game on Sunday, clawing back from an 18-0 deficit to get within two points. But try as they might, they couldn't seal the deal. In the end, it was three tries all, with the boot of Mitchell Moses proving the difference between the two sides. The Dogs closed to within two points with half an hour left on the clock, Sid. But despite
despite having a number of opportunities, they remain at the bottom of the ladder as they couldn't get over the top of the Eels. Yeah, it was a shame that the Dogs couldn't beat the Eels. I was actually hoping that they would beat them by 37 points. (laughs) I know that was a bit of a stretch, but that would have meant that all three Queensland teams would be on the bottom of the ladder. But it was a hard-fought win for the Eels. The Doggies put in a good showing and a good fight back, but they just didn't take their chances, the Doggies. In a they real, had some. A real indication of the dogs' afternoon, Sid, they had two plays from individual players that you could say are at the opposite end of the rugby league spectrum. That's what I would have said. On one hand, young winger Jake Alvarello left the commentators speechless after scoring an outrageous try, um, avoiding Mikasivo's covering tackle to put the ball down millimetres inside the touching goal line. Replays show Alvarello had planted the ball down with his entire body suspended over touch and the commentators were left in shock. Now, at the other end of the scale were the efforts of the watchmaker, Dallin Watin <laughs> Zelezniak, who pulled off one of the biggest blunders in the NRL. In the 14th minute, the watchmaker leapt high to claim the ball, um, sorry, claim the footy off a high kick from Mitch Moses, and then was tackled by second rower Marata Nikore, uh, 40 metres out from the Bulldogs' try line. However, when he got to play the ball, the 24 year old was facing the wrong direction and played the ball between his legs towards his opposition players. Mm-hmm. To make matters worse for Watin Zelezniak, the watchmaker, Parramatta scored 30 seconds later in the next play with Clint, uh, Clint Taurus Gutherson diving over for the Eels' second try of the afternoon. Yeah, let me recap this. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable try from Armadillo, <laughs> swapping the ball into his left hand as he launched himself over the sideline and, as you said, plant the ball like within millimetres of uh, both the touching goal and the corner post. It was unbelievable. Uh, And play the ball specialist and part-time watchmaker, Dallin Watine Zelezniak, he joins an illustrious list of players that have gotten up and played the ball the wrong way. It has happened. Munster Bella did it once. He sure did. Lachlan Croker did it in a game for Manly against the Titans in 2018. And, of course, Marty Bella famously did it in an origin game in 1994. I think he was wearing the number nine on his back that day. It's dead set hilarious when it happens, but it wasn't hilarious for the watchmaker, Zelezniak. Uh, The doggies conceding the ball and the Eagles scored in the next play. But as much... It's not ideal. No, but as much as they tried in this one, the dogs, the blue and gold keeps marching towards an inevitable premiership, I think. Don't press that. <laughs> it's uh, inevitable. They're going to win. We've spoken about the difficulty for teams to be up for long periods of time in this competition. And after yes. Sunday, you could be excused for wondering if the Eels are starting to feel those effects right now. There were some unusual stats for the Eels in this game, particularly given they were playing the cellar dwellers of the competition. The Eels had more missed tackles, made twice as many errors as the Dogs, had four ruck infringements, mm-hmm. only forced two line dropouts compared to the Dogs' four, made only two line breaks for the afternoon, made less tackle breaks, mm-hmm. and three less metres with the ball. Yeah, well. The next few weeks will be an interesting time for the Eels, and if you're a punter, think long and hard about betting in games that feature the Eels. Well, see, this is the difference between the high-flying eels and the low-flying tigers. When you come up against a team that you're expected to beat, you can take your foot off the pedal, Mm. but the eels are still winning, whereas the the tigers, their coach wants to, (laughs) as soon as the border opens, get out of here. (laughs) Um, For the eels, they've won. won a lot of cardboard boxes. I don't know why. (laughs) 
The Eels have won eight out of their last ten, and I know you're saying you'd be a brave punter to back them in the next uh, few I'm weeks. I'm not saying they did. No, no, don't no. Get, don't but, get me wrong. But just have a think about it. I'm not going to think about anything when I have a punt. You could probably all tell <laughs> that from the results. But uh, they have a pretty good draw coming up. It's they like play punt with people, other people's money. They, <laughs> in the next five weeks, they play Cronulla, uh, St George, Melbourne, Souths, and the Warriors. It's not an easy draw, is it? Well, there's three out of those five that should be pretty easy, but mm. they've only lost two games all year, and they are a red hot chance of going all the way to the grand final. I'm backing him in. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Who's going to beat him? Oh, mate, Penrith, Storm, Roosters. Oh, it was a rhetorical question. You don't have to give me a sensible answer. <laughs> the final game of the round saw the Storm, although just too classy for the Knights, winning 26 points to 16. In the end, it might have only been a 10-point difference, but the Storm were never really pushed by the Knights from the time they regained the lead in the 25th minute, scoring four tries to three and controlling the game from there. They did it for much of the game without their captain, and to be honest, Brandon Smith was absolutely brilliant filling in for the hooker. And if I was the Storm... I'd be throwing all my efforts into keeping him in a purple jersey and forget that hack, Harry Grant. Yeah, I think you'll find that Cam Smith, after this injury, may have trouble getting back in the side. Such is the talent of his son, Brandon Smith. Mm. He's a great hooker that you can really probably build a club around, I'm saying. The, um, the Storm would be mad not to go into the next two seasons with Brandon Smith and maybe Cam Smith as their backup and no other hookers. Well, unlike um, Pornhub, <laughs> okay. I don't think there's been a time in rugby league where a son's fucked over his dad, but Brandon Smith's about to do that to Cameron. Yeah, okay. Uh, the one low light for the Storm was the uh, the exit from the game in the first half by stalwart hooker and part-time referee Cameron Smith. The, vet- the veteran Storm captain injured his shoulder and left the field in the 27th minute, not long after scoring the Storm's second try of the afternoon. Ironically, it was Smith's 46th try of his career, putting him him level with coach Craig Bellamy, who's also scored 46 tries as a player, although he only did it in 148 games as a Raider. Why aren't they talking about Bellamy as an immortal? (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. The injury was described as a low-grade AC joint injury, uh, which may see him out uh, for a game or two. It was only the second time in his career, Sid, he's played less than 40 minutes of a game. Sunday was Smith's 423rd game of NRL, exactly 100 games more than Jonathan Thurston. Are all these stats true? Is that every one of those? Is, is that true? the only the second time in his career that he's played less than 40 minutes in a game? Yes. Wow. So 423 career games is like 43,000 Kieran Foran matches. That's right. <laughs> that is unbelievable. He. Could be out for a few weeks due to this, uh, how they explain it, a low-grade AC joint injury. Mm. But um, dead set with those those stats, the Storm would be mad to let Cam Smith retire. He he should play for two more years, I reckon, and attempt to hit that 500 NRL games. Absolutely. Extend his contract, the Storm, and... Brandon Smith as well. Keep Brandon there. That's a there got plenty good of, little apprentice Plenty there. of support in Get the hooker role. that hack Harry Grant who can't even make your first side. Uh, after playing 63 minutes, uh, despite beginning the game on the bench, Storm Utility 
Tina Fusamolawi uh, was extraordinary. Wow, you've been practicing. Was extraordinary in this, uh, according to Full Credit the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, ear-biting Barry and his brother with a million boring stories, ear-bashing Billy. <laughs> Fusamolawi scored a try to go with 30 tackles, 185 running meters, 85 of those post-contact, one line break and six tackle busts. Yeah, he was fantastic, that guy whose name I can't pronounce. Fusamolawi, uh, mate. Yeah, very well done. But... um. It's not just all about Melbourne. The Knights, let's talk about them. They're in a whole world of hurt. They're in a bit of a rut at the moment. They've lost three out of their last four games. I'm off them. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I've been off them for a couple I know, of weeks. You have. Mm-hmm. You have. I, I've, They've now dropped down to seventh. I thought they would be in and around the four. I, I, there's something not right at that team. At the beginning of the year, I thought they would just miss the eight, but they were flying until a few weeks ago. They do have... Seven players on the injury, injury list. list. Yeah, yeah. They went into this game with Chris Randall as their hooker, his second first grade game. Mm. They have just signed Blake Green from the Warriors. I don't understand why the Warriors are releasing players, but uh, Isaac Moses is filthy. But uh, never fear, Knights fans. You're up against the Tigers next week. If <laughs> there's a way that you form. can get played in a form, it will come next week. Simon Brunston on Fox Sports reports that Todd Payton was offered the Warriors head coaching role last Monday and he turned it down. Interesting. Payton has been acting as an interim head coach since Stephen Kearney was unceremoniously sacked uh, just over a month ago. He's been heavily tipped to take the job on full time and the Australian reporter Brent Reid even told NRL Tonight on Monday that Payton was favourite to land the gig. But now it appears he could be headed to Townsville to coach the Cowboys, where he's previously been an assistant to Paul Green. For the Warriors, there's speculation they could continue to target Wayne Bennett, uh, while Green and Anthony Griffin have also been floated as other contenders. The Warriors knock back applications from Jeff Tooby and Ben and Shane Walker. Yeah, the uh, coaching merry-go-round. Here we go. Mm. There's going to be speculation everywhere. Uh, I've got more to say about the Cowboys later, but it's interesting that a coach who has done such a long apprenticeship, he was the assistant coach up at the Cowboys when they won the comp, Rodney Payton. Mm. But uh, to knock back a full-time role when you're already sitting in that role, Yeah, look, I, I understand. I, I was just telling you off here, I don't know whether people know this. It's not a secret, I know that. But um, his wife's father is not well. He lives in Australia. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be close by him uh, during the illness. And the fact that if they were going to, if he was going to take the New Zealand job, she would have to live in New Zealand. The travel bubble and everything else that's about will probably look like it's going to exist for a little while still. Uh, would well, that's be. fair enough. So he's looking for an Australian job. So, okay. You know, good luck to him. Uh, Brisbane coach and very well liked. Yes, apparently on both. Now, Brisbane star Katoni Staggs has reportedly been embroiled in a revenge um, porn video. Channel 7 reporter Chris Gary tweeted a sensitive video of Stags has been released and distributed on Tuesday. Police are looking into the video and the woman at the centre of it reportedly being uh, investigated. The woman who released the video could face charges, Gary tweeted. Uh, Stags is, uh, is in parts of the video is seen giving what can be only described as an Olympic standard A-grade foot massage. Have you ever given a foot massage? <laughs> Don't be telling me about foot massages. I'm the foot fucking master. You're giving a lot of them? Shit, yeah. Got my technique down and everything. I don't be tickling or nothing. Would you give a guy a foot massage? 
Fuck you. Mm, indeed. Um, good luck to Katoni Stags and any massage probably hope is open up soon. The West Tigers have moved quickly to shut down rumours that Michael Maguire could walk out on the club to take the reins of the North Queensland Cowboys. Ivan Cleary, let's not forget, or Judas, left Concord mid-contract less than two years ago despite uh, seeming to publicly deny reports he would do so. I respect the contract I have with the West Tigers, he said at the time. I respect all the people and the supporters. I intend to honour this contract. <laughs> Old Judas. What a guy. Jerk. I tell you what, there's only two things he can't do well. Keep his word and operate a salary cap. Uh, when and coach attacking football teams. <laughs> when rumours circle that Maguire has been or was being sounded out uh, for the Cowboys gig, Tigers officials were quick to call a meeting to clear up his position. We heard the talk and just... Talk and Justin met with Michael straight away. Tigers chairman Lee Hagabatellis told the Sydney Morning <laughs> Herald. From our discussions with Michael, he has assured us that we he won't be tendering any offers, offers or expressions of interest from other clubs during the course of his tenure with the West Tigers. He's a quality person and he's given us his word, like the last bloke. So I take him on that. Yeah, well, I haven't heard uh, Pasco's reply, but uh, I can guarantee right now that he will say. This organisation, 15 times in his press release, <laughs> this organisation, blah, 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 this organisation. But this is just typical West Tigers. We we are building and building slowly. We're in a 20-year rebuilding phase. But we've finally got a premiership winning coach who has us playing for 80 minutes. Not this week, West Tigers. But uh, for him, he's only got, what, next year on his contract? One more he year. hasn't. He hasn't flown up to North Queensland. He can't. So this you're is, not allowed to. So this is some little Skype meeting that only he and Cowboys management have been a part of. So I dare say this has been leaked by Madge's uh, manager, perhaps, to make sure that the Tigers jump and re-sign him. And I think we should. Mm, I think it might have been leaked from north of the border. But anyway. You think so? Yeah. What I'm tired of, Why? talking about magic, well, to try and destabilise and possibly find out whether it's possible to happen. Um, Interesting. I am tired of reading about people who think Madge Maguire can't coach. And there are a bunch of I'm hardcore... I'm tired of following West Tigers. Hardcore West, <laughs> Tigers, West Tigers fans who keep questioning his ability. If you go through that salary cap, uh, sorry, that uh, playing list, yeah. and look where all the money goes... And then tell me what Madge Maguire's meant to be doing right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not his fault. It ain't his fault, mate. But as an organisation, Pasco has said, <laughs> we're going to fix that. And the other thing uh, I, I'm sick of hearing is people saying, name me one player that Madge Maguire's made a better player. Well, go and ask Trent Robinson what the influence that he had, that Madge Maguire has had on Luke Keary. He was glowing in his praise just on the weekend. Mate, some of... The development, absolutely, and then he and he says Madge Maguire should he should be thanking Madge Maguire every day. He has a certain style of coaching where he doesn't suffer fools. It's certainly not and for you everyone. Have, no, absolutely. He he got punted after I told three you, bad years at South. I've had a couple of talks with Madge Maguire. Yes, he's a quality fella. Yeah, but also it's his way or the highway. And but also a year out of the game that he had, he realised that he has to. Not so much, yeah, just tone it down a little bit for some of the younger players. But have a look at the West Tigers roster. We are hampered not only by these stupid contracts that your mate Judas brought in, (laughs) 
But also the fine from Robbie Farrar uh, being offered a job that I don't think he ever took up, but uh, Justin Pascoe and the organisation gave to him. So he's come in on a hiding to nothing, and some of the players that he's brought through this year alone are going to be great in years to come. At the end of this year, some of those players that I mentioned from the West Tigers will be gone. Mm. Some of them, I don't know what we're going to do with them. Hopefully Super League... Tim Sheens is still a good mate of ours. Hopefully he'll take a few. But, uh, yeah, to bag Maguire is an absolute joke. And as uh, I think it was, uh, mate, it was someone on maybe on Triple M on the weekend. I only just quickly listened to it. They were talking about how Cronulla won the other night with a bunch of kids, yep. but their big dollar players, Wade Graham and um, Sean Johnson, played out of their skins and basically yes. won that game for them. I said this a few weeks ago. When when they don't have all of their big players on the field, Cronulla, they very rarely win. But they do have big-name players that when they put in like the other night, Mate, they, were, they, they were can enormous. cover it. Way, West Graham, Tigers do not have big-name players at the moment. No, well, they've The big got contract players. Big dollar players, yes, but not... Are not, not big-name players. They're not so carrying that team over the line. So we you, need to keep Madge there and... Fix this mess. And then someone said the other day, I was reading, I know I shouldn't look too deep into Twitter. Someone bagged Dewey. Oh, he's not a fullback's arsehole. I'm thinking, holy Jesus Christ. Yeah, and no, I got no complaints about Dewey. Playmaker. A few others, though. Playmaker Blake Green will leave the Warriors to join the Knights for the remainder of the 2020 season effective immediately. The Warriors could not guarantee Green a deal for next season as they try to lessen the impact of his manager on the club. The 33-year-old journeyman has scored 20 tries in 172 games. They're Cameron Smith numbers. Um, to date for the Eels, Sharks, Bulldogs, Storm, Manly, and now the Warriors. Yeah, wow. Yeah, uh, 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 he's going there to the Knights. I'm for surprised the, the Warriors let him go. Uh, as I said earlier, I don't understand when they're borrowing players that they're releasing not, players. Not at the, the position same... to let anyone go. No, but it was their policy to uh, get rid of... Eradicate the Moses a, influence. Yes, the influence on the club. Um, Peyton knocked him back, so there's one less. I haven't seen Adam whether... Blair. Yeah. And uh, I think Cody. I think Cody's under Moses as well. I've, I don't know. I, I don't really spend much time worrying about Moses. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if he's there... After this year, I'm not sure if the terms have been oh, with the Knights. agreed upon. I don't think anyone knows at the moment. But uh, he'll be there for the rest of the season. And the Knights have a lot of injury worries. Where he slots in will remain to be seen. Canberra coach Ricky Stewart has confirmed the Gold Coast captain Ryan James will be a Raider in 2021. 29-year-old has all put pen to paper with all but put pen to paper with the Green Machine on a two-year deal reportedly worth 400000 less than what he's earning at the Titans as he looks to reset his career. How many times have you taken a $400,000 pay cut? Mate, I'd kill someone for 400000 right now. But he is the longest-serving Titans player, 144 games since 2010, and at his best, a fantastic player. He has had back-to-back ACLs and has missed basically the last two seasons. But by all accounts, a great bloke, and that is a kind of player that is on Ricky's radar and he's done well with those policies signing players. And on a small contract, this could be a win-win for both uh, James and the Raiders. 
Meanwhile, the Cowboys have announced the re-signing of three key forwards on Friday afternoon. Mitch Dunn, Francis Molo and Emery Perry have all extended their stay in North Queensland as the club plans ahead for life without Paul Green moving forward. Um, Dunn and Perry both signed two-year extensions and will be at a club until 2022. Well, that's some welcome news for Cowboys fans as they secure their forwards for the future. I wonder if the re-signing would have happened, first of all, if Paul Green was still there. I don't know. I'm just throwing up some questions. But I also wonder if these players have re-signed knowing that a coach is on their way in. Way in. I don't think... Why would you sign now? I don't think those young blokes... I think they just accept a contract right now, to be mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, um, fair enough. And, geez, I tell you what, your money goes a long way up there in Townsville. Johnson, the step For the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports News. Right, here, here comes three AFL stories. Oh, what else is boring? Well, they're not. Okay. They all roll into one, so you've just got to listen. Hit me. I'll just sit back and have a beer and listen. Right. So the AFL has come down hard on four clubs who have been financially sanctioned for breaching the rules of the COVID-19 quarantine hubs. Hawthorne has been fined 50 grand. Uh, Carlton, North Melbourne and Richmond have all been fined 45 grand. The suspended fines, or sorry, both all those are all half suspended. Yep. Uh, they'll last until the end of the 2020 season. The Hawks breach came when several non-selected players who were at last week's loss to Bris- uh, Sydney were escorted by security into the public area to get a bag of chips each. Are you serious? I'm serious. But don't worry, it gets better. They were, they were escorted by security... Into, into a public area to get some to chips. get a bag of chips. Yep. Wow, the Hawthorne Hawks are a well-run organisation. Yeah, that's Jeff Kennett for you. Now, Richmond's breach related to Captain Trent, Trent Cotchen's partner who visited a day spa. Brooke Cotchen posted on Instagram uh, of her time at Esteem Medi Spa. In the caption, she wrote, "The most incredible experience. My skin was in desperate need of some love. <laughs> I knew I was in the right place as soon as I walked through the doors of Esteem." Got Ch- that for free, didn't Ch- she? Ching. Yeah. <laughs> now, North. We'll get back to that one. So remember that story. Okay. North Melbourne's breach concerned a group of players that attended a football game, and Carlton's involved kids of a player who were dropped off at their grandparents' house. When the player's partner picked the kids up later, she was shocked to have learnt they'd been at a theme park, which is a clear breach of AFL protocols. I understand that that could happen. On Friday, tough-talking media man and Collingwood president Eddie Maguire called for the AFL to put any further transgressors of its COVID-19 protocols on the plane home to send a clear message to families of players. Which leads us to the next story. Uh-huh. AFL, hashtag talk other games down. Collingwood president Eddie Maguire has been left with an egg on his face after the Magpies copped a $50,000 fine for breaching the AFL's strict coronavirus restrictions. As first revealed on Channel 7, Collingwood self-reported a COVID-19 breach after coach Nathan Buckley and assistant coach Brenton Sanderson played a tennis match with two people in Perth, including former tennis star Alicia Mollick. Neither of those parties were part of Collingwood's bubble and the four-person activity had not been approved by the AFL. Like, seriously, I get it. Alicia Mollick wants to play tennis. You'd be like, yeah, sick. This would be mad fun. But the rules are in place. I don't get it. And this is the coach. Wow. This is not an 18-year-old kid. He knows what the rules are. Less than 24 hours before the Collingwood fine... Sorry, less than 24 hours before the Collingwood fine was handed down, 
Maguire called for anyone inside the AFL bubble who breached the league's coronavirus protocols to be personally fined <laughs> and the book thrown at them and sent home. Interesting. Yes. Which brings us to the next story. AFL, hashtag talk other games down. Starting at Singer Sane. We should put that on the iPad. We should. AFL Media has stood down a journalist after he tweeted Brooke Cochin's Instagram post that resulted in Richmond receiving a $45,000 fine. Foxfooty.com.au has confirmed that Mitch Cleary, the journalist, was stood down indefinitely after he shared the public post made by Cochin about her visit to a Gold Coast spa. Esteem. Medi Spa. Which, you have to name it to get paid. Which breached the league's quarantine hub rules. Cochin had been named on a radio by nine journalist Caroline Wilson during the week before Cleary shared the image from her Instagram, from Cochin's wife's Instagram post. Uh He later deleted his tweet. It's understood the decision was made because the AFL believes Cleary's obligations are as an AFL employee before his obligations as a journalist. Wow. Cleary works for AFL Media, which has in the past proudly declared that it is independent from the league. Yeah, well, as you and I discussed off air before, they are independent of other media organisations. That's right. Fully owned by the AFL. They just like to throw that independent word in there. Depends where you put it in the sentence. Exactly. There's a comma there. It depends (laughs) where that comma goes. They are totally not independent journalists, independent of AFL rule. This guy shared a social media post that was available for the world to see. She, Open source. She's got a, she's got, hasn't got a locked account. It's for everyone to see because that's how you get free stuff. Yep. Trust me, I know. Hashtag social media. From um, a esteemed day spa. I got, the, that, I got that mentioned in three times. <laughs> I'm getting paid for this. I'll be up there later on the Savi. Free facial for uh, Sid Punts. I'll give you a facial later too. Um, so how can they sack a guy for just sharing what the public would have already seen themselves? But not only sack them, just openly, like, admit it. Yeah. He's gone. I was tagged in hey. this story by a bunch of people, which I appreciate too. Don't get me wrong. I really appreciate Because you've been rabbiting on about this for years. I'm telling you, I was told by a very, very reliable source that yep. this is how AFL control the stories. They control the media and therefore they control the message. And they have been caught out big time right here. And still are shameless about it. They don't care. And now you've got... This is how they work. Senior journalist Damien Barrett, who, again, I know rugby league people don't give a shit for this, but it's an interesting way... uh, It's an interesting um, point of difference between the way rugby league media work and the way AFL media work. Now, uh, Damien Barrett's come out and said, no, no, they got it right. They should sack him for that. Yeah. Because even though they're independent, that person works for them. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Basketball. Here's an interesting story. Hit me. 11 pairs of Nike sneakers worn by NBA legend Michael Jordan are up for auction this Thursday, including a set that could smash the record for a sports shoe. The highlight of the online sale is the Air Jordan 1 High that the NBA megastar wore during a 1985 exhibition match in Italy when he dunked the ball so hard that it smashed the glass backboard into a thousand pieces. Mad. A piece of the glass is still lodged in the sole of the left shoe. <laughs> the red and white, black, red, white, and black sneakers are signed by Jordan. Are estimated to sell between, get this, six hundred and fifty to eight hundred and fifty thousand US dollars. Wow! So a pair of sneakers costs the same as uh, Russell Packer. <laughs> 
just just a little bit more. I think uh, uh, these Jordans might have run a few extra Ks than Russell Yeah, you has. get a bit, of, bit more use out of it. Supercars, congratulations go out to one of our favourite guests here and mate of the show, David Reynolds and his partner, one of Sid's favourites, Tahan Lu, who have announced <laughs> they are expecting a little baby. And what better time in the world's history to bring a baby into the world? Yeah, exactly. This is fantastic news for two fantastic people. I've already been in touch with uh, Tani through my lawyers now, of course. Um, <laughs> suggesting to her... Under, under her instructions, obviously. <laughs> suggesting to her that uh, Sydney can be a boy's or a girl's name, uh, but I guess it's up to them. Whatever. Mm. Pigeon racing. Hey. <laughs> the Tour de France of an international pigeon racing has been rocked by a scandal and acrimony after 11 French birds were found dead on the eve of the competition in a suspected poisoning. Ooh. A further seven French pigeons are said to be seriously unwell, prompting the Club de International Francois to <laughs> urgently withdraw its 2,000 birds from the Blue Ribbon event, uh, citing concerns about safety and fairness in the competition for all. The Barcelona 2020 race is the grand marquee endurance event of the year for the European pigeon races, Wow! with nearly 15,000 pigeons registered to race 1,062 kilometres across the Pyrenees. The the glory attached to the race is such that past winners have sold at auction for as much as 200,000 euros off the back of their victories. That is amazing. You wouldn't think that this would be much of a spectator sport, the old <laughs> pigeon racing. Still, Foxtel are looking at screening it instead of rugby ongoing. <laughs> now, this story, are they suggesting something sinister is going on here, that someone's yep. poisoned? Yeah. Wow. Is Mike Tyson involved? No. He loves pigeons. Yeah, that's right. If, imagine if they poisoned Mike's pigeons. There's a one-way ticket to hell. Uh, top five pigeons of all time, Sid? <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's number one. We're going to get uh, Bill Laurie on here. Tennis. Nick, this is how crazy the world has become. Nick Kyrgios has become the voice of reason. Isn't he? I saw him on the news the other day. I'm like, love that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Kyrgios has followed Australia's number, world number one, Ash Barty, in choosing to withdraw from the upcoming US Open. The world number 40 announced his decision in an emotional video, video where he called on his fellow players to remember what is important amid the coronavirus pandemic. Let us take a breath here and remember what is important, which is health and safety as a community. We can rebuild our sport and the economy, but we can never recover lives lost. You can't be dancing on tables. <laughs> a couple of shots here at uh, Novak's on the way through. Uh, money grabbing your way around Europe or trying to make a quick buck hosting the next ex exhibition tournament. That's just so selfish. Think of the other people for once. That's what this virus is about. It doesn't care about your world ranking or how much money you have. Please act responsibly. What kind of a world are we leaving our kids when Nick Kyrgios is the spokesperson for world sport and Kanye West is going for a spot <laughs> in the White House? having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, bucks or hens night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom made t-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mareinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mare Inc. has you covered. Go to Mayor.
thanks to Mayor Inc. Let, let's uh, do this, Sid. The drill down. Let's do the drill down with the top five um, most popular talking points of the week, according to me. <laughs> we start with. You'll love this. Hit me. Freddie Fittler uh, has a merged club idea where he thinks the West Tigers should merge with Penrith and St. George Illawarra Dragons should merge with Cronulla to make two super clubs, his words, not mine. Um, And obviously that would take two teams out of Sydney uh, and geographically, I imagine, in his mind, makes sense. Go. Are you finished? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you why. For our younger listeners, this is a dead set bugbear of mine. The whole Super League war... Um, we went down this path in the mid-1990s. Um, rugby league is a tribal game, and you simply cannot merge teams that are enemies for decades, nay, some of them over a century. Mm. It loses fans to the game. Look, back in the Super League days, there were suggestions that St. George and Cronulla and Illawarra merge. Mm. It didn't happen because it's a dumb idea. St. George fans and Cronulla fans hate each other, and I hate both of them. Yep. It's a stupid idea. Back in those days, there was talk of merging Penrith and Parramatta to form the Parramatta Panthers. Will never happen. There was talk in 1997 of merging Wests and the Bulldogs before yep. uh, there was talks with Wests and Parramatta until finally Wests and Balmain merged. But they even thought about the Wests and Bulldogs team being called the Western Bulldogs. Mm. It's a dumb idea because there is a Western Bulldogs team. But also imagine having the Sydney City Rabbitohs in red and green and blue, which was also suggested back then. They tried to rationalise the comp back during the Super League war and it was unworkable. And today it is still unworkable. And for Freddie to come out, he's always critical of West Tigers not producing enough uh, origin players. He said it a number of times. But for him to suggest that the only two merged entities, being West Tigers and St. George Illawarra, should go through it again is an absolutely stupid idea. What do you reckon? I like Freddie. I... I think he's a good fella. The few times I've chatted with him, and there's only been a few, but I can feel I've, a butt coming along. I found him to be very warm and actually interested in what uh, I've had to say. And while I understand, where and I, there's not a bloke that uh, can be accused of not having rugby league as front and foremost in his mind. Absolutely not. Uh, well, I think I understand where he's coming from with this idea. I think, well, I think he's lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that there are too many teams in Sydney. I think we can all agree on that. No, I don't agree with that. Well, okay. But I also think we can see that uh, Freddie's thrown up these ideas, these two ideas, based solely, wholly and solely, off geography. Yes. But uh, the mergers that Freddie has suggested are some of the dumbest suggestions you could come up with. Totally agree. Let's look at Penrith and West Tigers first. Now, the idea of two clubs who are saved by an amalgamation <laughs> would then have to be part of another joint venture is absurd, as you said. But, and uh, quite frankly, not fair. No, right? it's not fair on St. George Illawarra or the West well, Tigers. Well, as I said, there's two yeah. of them. There's two clubs. Yep. 
St. George Illawarra, the current clubs, and, and West Tigers. And let's not forget about the Ivan Cleary Judas legacy of uh-huh. the West Tigers and the idea of joining a club that he's involved in. I'm good, thanks. Imagine West Tigers and Penrith merging. Not only would we not be able to attack, we just wouldn't be able to do anything. Um, the organisation would be horrible. And then there's this Dragons-Sharks idea. Now, they're, again, a club that's became a joint venture in St. George Illawarra yep. um, and became the club that we see today. Supposedly, uh, uh, in, and they did that in order to apparently or uh, supposedly uh, avoid disappearing altogether, especially Illawarra. Illawarra, definitely. Now, under Freddie's plan, they're meant to join up with the greatest enemy of St. George mm-hmm. in Cronulla. Yep. Doesn't Freddie remember the Northern Eagles? Exactly. If what you're thinking a about a success that was. Yeah, on geographical terms, it made perfect sense for North Sydney and Manly to Just merge. Just because it looks good on a map doesn't mean it will look work well in the boardroom and on the field. And why aren't they talking about uh, South Sydney and the Roosters? Well, that's what I'm about to say. If we're looking at merging teams through the convenience of geography. Yep. Well. We may as well combine South and the Roosters. They're just across Anzac Parade from each other. So uh-huh. surely that makes some sense. See, I mean, this eastern suburbs, Rabbitohs, has a real ring to it. That actually sounds pretty good. And, um, they can play half their games out of Redfin and the other half out of whatever it is the Roosters play out of. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they would have half the crowd because nobody is going to support that. It's a stupid idea, Freddie. Four. Kieran Foran. Apparently has knocked back three hundred and fifty thousand from the Bulldogs. He wants five hundred and fifty thousand. Of course he does. Is there a club who should consider him at five hundred and fifty thousand? No. He has played sixty one games in the last five seasons. Yep. Right? So that averages yeah, twelve, twelve and a half games a year. Yes. He wants Five hundred and fifty thousand a year. No way. Allegedly, apparently, That's, reportedly. Well, like basically, he plays less than half the games on offer per mm-hmm. year. So, tell Malolo over that same. Where's that fapping sound? Over that same five years, has played one hundred and five games. Mm-hmm. Now, how many has Cameron Smith played? I don't know. All of them. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> except like 18 minutes or something. Now, there's no value for me in paying 550 grand a year for foreign when your 5'8 is out for half the season, every season. It disrupts your whole team. It's a definite no from me. Tiam Malolo, who pay, plays in the forwards, that you expect to drop off but can be not easily replaceable, but for the whole structure of the team – it's easier to replace a forward with a forward. So if Tao Malolo is on a million a year and he's playing... Double the games, triple the games. Yeah, more than double for foreign to request more than half his wage. It is a dead set no from me. It is not value for money. So look out for West Tigers to announce a five-year <laughs> deal with foreign on about 800000 a year. I keep changing my mind on this. I sat and thought about this last night when, we were, when I was going through it. On one hand, when you see his ability to be injured, as you mentioned, 550K is a risk and probably not a risk worth taking. No. On the other hand, there's no doubt that he's a competitor. Yes. And from all reports, he's a really good trainer and a good influence on younger blokes around the place. And if I had a gun young number seven... Who could do with an old head alongside him? I reckon 
I could maybe make a case for him. Now, which who, club sits okay, in that? I'm glad you asked that because who would that be? And yeah, I reckon the Titans could do worse than having Kieran Foran at their club at the moment. Okay, I also think that that might go for the Cowboys, who are really short in the six and seven at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um. I read the Knights might be interested, and same goes with the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers. Both of those surprise me, to be honest, and don't make a whole lot of sense. The other one that I'm surprised hasn't been brought up for a lot, but for different reasons, and I think could work, would be getting the band back together with Hasler, and Cherry Manly. Evans, and Foran at Manly. Walker's off contract, I understand, so there's a chance that it could happen. Yeah. The, the, the machinations could go into place. But then we go back to the dogs. Given they have two to three inexperienced halves on their books, maybe 550K isn't bad a value as the dogs thought. Or if there is some way to leverage something in his contract where the more games you play, the more you get. Yeah. But then I don't know how you do Then he'll just come out busted each week. Well, yeah. And then the other thing is, too, you've still got to hold that space in your cap anyway for the maximum games that he might play. Well, Canterbury, how many years has he been playing at Canterbury for? I think he's been uh, there three. Since Des. Des signed him. I actually wrote it down today, but I don't have it in front of me. But, yeah, I think it's three. And then he had a year at the Warriors before that and a year at Parramatta before that. Correct. So three years he's been there on whatever money he was on. Which 850, is, I believe. Yeah. So, Although then I think we read that list from a couple of weeks ago. He was on 1.2. It changes all the time. It's ridiculous. This no, is what Des, I said. no, Des would be a back-ended deal. Of yeah, that's probably true. proportions. So let's put it in perspective because like the Tigers get uh, named as a prospective place where he would go because we've got a war chest coming up. <laughs> the Bulldogs have this war chest. The only reason he's not mentioned at the Bulldogs is because he's already there. They've had him for three years. And they know what he's worth, and they've pegged it at three fifty, supposedly, allegedly, from what we're reading. Mm. If the Bulldogs don't want to go to five fifty, then I don't think any club should go to five fifty. Mm. Yeah, but that's just my opinion. Three. Which Queensland side of the current three in the comp mm-hmm. will be the next to win a comp? North Queensland. Interesting. I think they are still a good side. I think they've done the right thing. Paul Green has done the right thing. A change of coach and tinkering with their roster a little bit will see them improve. Now, as we mentioned before, Toddy Payton, Rodney Payton, yesterday uh, has allegedly, apparently, knocked back the Warriors job because he wants to be back at the Cowboys. He was uh, the assistant coach there in 2015 when the Cowboys won the comp. So, for me, everything's working in the right direction for North Queensland. They're not as far away to winning a comp as the other two Queensland teams. Gold Coast, they're spending up big and they have to. It remains to be seen what Holbrook can do up there, but they've got Fafita on his way and all sorts of rumours. A couple of young forwards. One guy, that guy from uh, Melbourne whose name escapes me right now, he's a beast and he will go well with Fafita. So they'll See, be they, a good little combo. In the, they the... are on the up. Mm. Um he Holbrook has been very successful in the Super League, whereas the Broncos are an absolute basket case. Mm. How do you rank them? Again, I thought about this longer than I probably should have, but 
I know things move quickly in the NRL. Sure do. But I sat and thought about this for a fair while last night. And right now, it's really hard to see a Queensland club winning in the next three years at least. Yeah, but that wasn't part of the question. Let me get to it. Okay. The Titans are on the up. And to be fair, it looks like it's a slow burn, even with the signing of David Fafita. Their halves are a bit scratchy. Yeah, Fafita won't solve all their ills. No. And I reckon even if they can continue on that upward trajectory – it still might be at least five years if everything goes as planned before they'll be knocking on a door for a title. Yeah, there are a couple of big signings away from giving it a real shake. The Broncos, moving hour north because I thought I'd do this geographically speaking, oh, have every every junior in Queensland signed for the next few years except for Fafita, mm-hmm. if all rumours are to be believed. Some of these blokes are generational players, we've heard. Yes. Um, Is that premiership window? I'm yet to... See that, but okay. The worry is there isn't really any old heads there to guide them on the park. And right now, all they're learning to do is find new ways to lose. Yes. Darius and Milford are more concentrating on their own games right now, and fair enough. Um, They're not the old heads that will bring these guys through. No, they're not. Uh, Certainly not Milford, uh, if all reports the way he trains and everything are, are to be believed. Darius... Well, I don't think he likes the coach. I think he wants to play at fullback. If he's not going to play at fullback, he'll be half-assed about it. He did it. do well at fullback he this did, week. He did 100%. Yeah, I've got to be honest. That and was a good think, game from him. I think we called it six weeks ago, put him there, but whatever. Absolutely. Uh, Seabold's punted everyone else who's played more than 100 games in that club. Yeah, that was an error. I reckon they're on a tipping point right now, Sid. They could re-emerge in three years and be a powerhouse. Yeah, no, All I right? can see where you're going with that. Or they might disappear, disappear into oblivion for five to ten. Yeah. Which takes us to the Cowboys, which your which was your tip. I'm still not sold on their list. There seems to be a few holes in their lineup, even when they're all fit. Now there's a couple of blokes there who went up there on really good coin that haven't produced. There's blokes like Jordan McLean mm-hmm. uh, and Eastern Masters. No, he's but he went for good coin. Don't forget he did, and, and are... everyone blew up that West Tigers were letting him go. And there are others there that'll be. Um, we were happy to see the back of him getting to the end of their. Uh, time like Josh McGuire and Michael Morgan, and they're looking. They're looking for a coach, although it seems that it's all about to be announced. I still think they're a way off for a title. Now, after all that, I'll say the next Queensland team to win the comp will be the Broncos. Yeah, I think as long as they can turn a few things around, sack the coach, and maybe get I was going to say, does it all hinge on sacking the coach? Hard heads in there. Like they need a couple of like the Kevin Campions of the world. But he got rid of all them. Yeah, but his plan was get rid of we him. don't need them. Get rid of him. Do you reckon he's learned his lesson and now they'll move in the other direction? If they do. Or do they have to get rid of him? If they get rid of him, all right. Let's just say they get rid of him. They get a coach in, Paul Green. Um, <laughs> and he, he says, right, I need two or three old heads. Yep. I need a – who's around? Uh, Russell Packer. No. Um... No. McQueen. <laughs> I've got a few. <laughs> Josh Reynolds. But I look back in history. If, if I was going to get a Kevin Campion and, again, a, a, a straight shooter like a Brent Tate in the centres yeah, and put those blokes amongst the kids, or the kids, I say kids, they're 20 years old, and I reckon you've got a good mix, I think Brisbane will be the next Queensland team to win a comp. Interesting. You make a good point. The Brisbane Firehawks launched their bid to join the NRL as the 17th side in 2022. Yep, it's not far away. If you were starting a club, which player and which coach would you want? Oh, wow. What a question. Um, (laughs) 
uh, I'm actually not qualified to answer that question. First of all, everyone's talking about the Brisbane Firehawks. We were talking about the Brisbane Bombers a few months ago, and I get that. This is a different launch, so they need to be front and centre in the media. Mm. But uh, just on the Firehawks brand, I'm all about Australian brands, and Firehawk is a pretty nasty uh, Aussie bird. Mm. But the logo and the name screams of netball to me. It is not a (laughs) rugby league logo. So I think they've uh, mucked it up there. I'm not particularly fussed about the Brisbane Bombers either. Mm. Um, Before I answer your question, I think any team that's going to come in as the second team in Brisbane needs to be closely affiliated with a gun side up there like Redcliffe or I'm I'm not very experienced in the Brisbane Rugby League, but uh, Redcliffe Dolphins, the Brisbane Dolphins or something similar that already has a bit of support and a bit of groundwork there. Uh, Starting up a a club in 2022, Mm. a lot of these players are going to be signing now for four-year contracts. It's going to take a lot out of the market when Melbourne Storm came through, who's the most successful brand new club that we've ever seen. Club, yep. They were off the bat of off the back of uh, all the Super League players being without a club, mm. and it worked extremely well. Handy uh, coach. To answer your question about handy coach at the time too. Yeah, so I I don't know which player or coach you would go after because things change rapidly. So. Who you who are you suggesting? Well, I think the obvious answer is Craig Bellamy. Yeah. I mean, he will be off contract by then. But supposing he's, he, he said he doesn't want to yeah, keep going. That. It's you know, Craig likes coin too. Supposedly, but let's suppose he isn't available and he does hang up the clipboard. Well, supposing he was available, then yeah, 100% he would be my first answer. Yeah. But if he's not available? My coach would be one from left field, Cameron Smith. That's interesting. There's no better head going around. He's learnt from probably... Well, the... there's better covered heads. <laughs> <laughs> there's better hairlines, I'll give you the tip. Yeah. Um, he's learnt from perhaps the best coach me and you will ever see. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure if he got the gig that he could always give Belliac a call if he needed him to come down to training or yeah. to bounce some ideas or off. Or he him. can always ring me. So I reckon Cameron Smith as a coach... Um, Good timing. Wonderful timing. He should play at least another season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which takes me <laughs> For to our sake. which takes me to the marquee player to sign. Now, if he was available, I'd be making a beeline to the strawberry thick shake man, Caelan Ponga. Interesting, but because uh, you know a return to Queensland, making him the foundation captain would be a bit of a fairy tale beginning. Worked well with Scotty Prince on the Gold Coast. Yep, uh, and I think definitely Caelan Ponga attracts other young players. Well, I think to yeah to answer your question, whoever the coach and marquee player is. They have to be Queenslanders. Yep. They have to have, like I was saying, with the club being born out of Queensland, they have to, their big signings have to be Queensland but people. As Benny McLeod told me last night, he said Ponga's a no chance because he's tied up to Newcastle for four more years, which takes me to my next idea, a bloke that I think is available in uh-huh. 2022. If not, he's available at the end of 2023. A bloke by the name of James Tedesco. I know he's not a Queenslander, but I dead set throw the book at him by then. He'll be 29 in 2022. And that's okay. Um, He's going to be a squillionaire out of this yeah. game. And if he maintains his current form, he'll still be easily one of the best three players in the comp. Yeah, again, a lot of things can change in a couple of years. But if you're a, a gambling man, you'd think that Tedesco is still going to be 
on fire. And if the NRL do do it the way AFL did it with the the Giants and the um, what's the other club, the Suns? Yeah, they basically gave them two players where they didn't come under the salary cap; they could throw them any money they wanted. Interesting. That's how Gary Ablett went to the yeah. Suns. Yep. Didn't try for a couple of years, but whatever. Exactly. But that's how they could get someone like Tedesco. So yeah. listen, we'll give you two million a year. Yeah, he would be a fantastic signing, but he's going back to the Tigers, I've heard. <laughs> One. This week, a list of the most overrated bands of all time was released. Yeah, mad. I did not see that. And Guns N' Roses was at number one. Are you joking? I'm not joking. No. Right, as soon as I read it, I thought, well, this bloke's not a cracker. No. But I want you to give me three of the most overrated bands of all time. Of all time. Of so all I can time. go back as far as I want. Yep. Last week or last century. All right. First of all, Kiss. You've got one of mine already. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I was pretty young when they were at their peak. Yep. But they're rubbish. Yep. And even at their peak, and even though I was young, I was embarrassed for them watching. <laughs> I was like, what, what's this bloke doing? This, this is pathetic. 100%. I do not get Kiss. And I've been a Muso my whole life. I don't understand when Muso's like Kiss. No good. Yeah. I, 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 I won't use them as one of mine, but my notes on them were Kiss. Absolute dog shit band. Yes. <laughs> Maybe one decent song, yet they milked that bastard for the best part of 30 years. Yeah. Without the gimmick of shit face paint, wouldn't have been heard of after 1986. They have the gall to stand in front of a wall of martial amps that aren't even plugged in. Yeah. Added there's... to that, Gene Simmons is known as one of the worst blokes of all time. Yeah, well, I don't know that. I've never met him, but... Uh, Take it from someone who knows someone who's had a fair bit to do with him. Yeah. Not a good bloke. Well, I'm not here to bag musos. Everyone has a dig. I am. But... Yeah, seriously, I remember being a kid watching it on Countdown thinking, how embarrassing. So you're embarrassing got, yourself. You've tossed up Kiss. Yeah, I've tossed up Kiss. This might be uh, pretty controversial. Probably my next two will be. But uh, most overrated bands of all time, Led Zeppelin. I like it. You like it? I like it. I never got into their self-indulgent Had a bullshit. massive blow up the other week with me and the former cheerleader. We're talking, oh, really? Talking about Stairway to Heaven. I'm going, what a contrived piece of shit that is. I knew yeah, I need, exactly. I need, I need to rock her boat because she's... Yeah. she's and that song they ripped off from another band that they toured with and it got proven in court. Mm. So even the greatest song of all time, which is a bit naff for me, was actually ripped off by... And, and even their version of that wasn't even the best because we all know Rolf Harris's was. But anyway, yeah. whatever. Yeah, hasn't he had a fall from grace? But uh, <laughs> Has he? I'd still prefer Led Zeppelin over Rolf Harris, put it that way. <laughs> That's about it. Do you want my third one? Yeah. Metallica. <gasps> I'm not even... I don't even care if you're mad at me. <laughs> there, do yourself a favour, those passing... Uh, fans of Metallica that think, oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. What's he talking about? What's Sid talking about? Well, go and have a look at their Some Kind of Monster documentary. It is an absolute shit show. No, it's a comedy. If you want to meet <laughs> half a dozen blokes that are absolute flogs sitting around, again, full of their own self-importance, they all appear like fools. They sit around and they're like, we've got to fix this band. What are we going to do? Let's get a psychologist in and go around the room. So like, piss off. I've been in some pretty shit bands in my life. <laughs> then the psych tried to rip him for 50% or something. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in peak foolishness, the bass player, Jason Newstead, stands up and says, you know what? I'm jack of this. I'm going to go play in my other band. The highly successful 
echo brain <laughs> that we all know and love. Bass players are top, idiots. Top, top five echo brain songs. <laughs> I get it. The bass players are idiots. In that band, the bass player was the smartest dude in the room. Saying that, Echo Brain, underrated. Very (laughs) underrated. My two top underrated bands of all time, Echo Brain and the SKPs. (laughs) (laughs) Who have you got? Well, I'm going to – I reckon – this won't be the last I'll hear of this list. Okay. Powderfinger. Mate, that was fourth on my list. Two decent songs. Then just a bunch of dreary, sad sack shit with Bernard Fanning out the front acting like a poor man's Michael Hutchins. <laughs> Basically an overhyped band from Triple a J that Triple M adopted to try and look edgy and cool. Split up, and then they had a reunion that reminded us why they all split up. Well, I, they didn't make my list today because I watched their COVID-19 quarantine uh, Skype mm. Zoom thing. And it was actually quite good. I only tuned in to bag them, but they were great. But then, <laughs> is that the Star Wars theme? Oh, what yeah. tune are you singing there, mate? But uh, their song, drummer songs to end yourself. Boy. Look again. I don't want to bag musicians, but their drummer is all time shit. Tell us about the reunion at uh, was it Splendor in the Grass? It was at one of those. Uh, I think it was Splendor, wasn't it? One of those festivals where the media went. Burko, because Powderfinger just jumped up on stage. And then the drummer went to the media and said, well, that wasn't a, a reunion because I wasn't there. And they're like, how come you weren't there? He's like, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> they all just went to a festival, apparently. What are you doing here? And didn't invite him. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. You're you here. You're here. You Let's play get up on stage. <laughs> I've had that happen to me in plenty of bands. <laughs> My number two band. Worst bands, overrated bands, I should say. The Eagles. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I can agree with that. An updated version of the Beach Boys. Oh, the Beach Boys should have been in my top three. Or one step away from a rock country band. They wrote one great song, Hotel California. The yeah. other song that they have, Take It Easy, wasn't written by them. And they have a bunch of shit after that. High income white people like them because they think they're a bit alternative. Yeah, exactly. I'm Every- cool with the gang. Everyone else, including me, can't see what the big deal is and thinks they're shit. Still touring. My Good last item. one, this yeah. will annoy you. Don't read. I'm not. Pearl Jam. What, what do you mean? One decent is album. Your, is this one of your favourites? <laughs> one decent album. Are you joking? And even then, that wasn't that good. Then they rode off the back of Nirvana, Soundgarden, and Alice in Chains. Piss off. Pretended like they're Seattle grunge. They were Seattle grunge. Oh, yeah. Their, their lead singer's a warbler who acts like he's a tortured soul who's more, got more money than God. Have mainly generated... Thoughts arrive like butterflies. <laughs> That's tortured, bro. Have mainly generated income in the past 15 years off releasing bootleg live albums. How can you release a bootleg live album of your own gear? It's a bit of a misnomer. Doesn't work. You get it. And so stuck for any material, new material, they've re-released their one good album, 10, in four editions. Featuring bought them all. I bought them all. <laughs> featuring such extras as a remastering and a remix of the entire album by Brendan O'Brien, a DVD of the band's <laughs> 92 appearance on MTV Unplugged, and an LP of its concert in uh, September 20, 1992 at Magnuson Park. They're a bullshit band. With a good name. I'll give him that. You're an idiot. No. You don't know anything about music. And the other thing... Yeah, no, I'm stuck for ideas. And the other the other band, just in case you had one of mine, other ones, because I knew the Pearl Jam wouldn't rate, is the Ramones. No. Mate. The Ramones. 
If you we, got a Ramones T-shirt, one of my first bands, we it, used to play Ramones, Ramones covers because they're easy. Ramones T-shirt is a confirmation <laughs> you're a dickhead. Could you're I a, wear a Ramones T-shirt, mate? I'm surprised you don't. Have, you'll have one next weekend when I introduce you to the show. PO Box four one six six. Send me a Ramones T-shirt just to piss him off. The Ramones are all right. No, they're rubbish. DD Ramones. The drill down. Need a sparky, then make the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. Yes, with thanks to the world's number one electrical company, it's time for the world's number one podcasting segment. It's time for this. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your way. And no message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Yeah, it's time for Grab a Mirrors. Don't forget you can reply to my original call for Grab a Mirrors on Tuesdays at 7.30 a.m., uh, I do a backup tweet at around 3.30 p.m. Thank God. Who's up at 7.30? Use the hashtags grab a mirror or hashtag G-A-M. Um, well, Tuesdays only. Tuesdays only, yeah. I might go first. Yeah, go first for a change. I've got three. Wow. I couldn't decide. I've only got one. I couldn't decide. And, well, I'm running with this. Go for it. Number one, grab a mirror, Faith Christian. This week, this lady, Faith, uh, has had to resend out invitations to her wedding in February next year uh, and cull the invitation list due to the venue she has chosen, mm-hmm. having to reduce their capacity numbers because of the pandemic. Fair enough. Her sister explained on Reddit, she's sending out re-invites that ask everyone to RSVP again, she explains. But in order to figure out who to invite and who to cut, she's asking all confirmed guests to submit a... Sorry, to submit two... 250-word essays to two questions. Are you joking? The gist is <laughs> that they'll use these essays to choose who they who can come and who can't come. Piss off, one word I'd put. Based on uh, people's enthusiasm. Now, people who don't write the essays at all will obviously automatically be disqualified. I'm out. Everyone on her original invitation list has been asked to prove why they should still go, including our parents. No. Uh Sid, can you imagine any bloke on that list that's been asked to write an essay as to why they should go? There'll be no blokes. How many cock and balls sketches do you reckon they'll be <laughs> coming back? Nah, I'm good, Faith. He's a schlong just to have a look at. So grab a mirror, Faith Christian. Take it from me. No one wants to go to your wedding. No. Nope. I'll even go in on a hunch here. You'll be standing in the divorce court by 2022. Yeah, it won't last. Number two. Grab a mirror, police in Myrtle Beach. Northern, what have, Northern Carolina. Now it's what been, have they done? It's not been a great time to be a copper in the US, Sid. True. Uh, if they're not out murdering people on the streets in front of cameras, they're tear gassing them in front of their local church so Donald Trump can stand out the front and hold up a Bible. But this week, the coppers in Myrtle Beach really dragged their names further down a hole when they arrested Sam Panda. Panda. Now that's a name. Trust me. Sam, Sam Panda. Sam Panda, who's an aerial acrobat and a cracking sort. And she was sunbaking with her friends down on the beach. All right. Now I'm interested. What was a crime? I hear you ask, Sid. What was a crime? 
It seems uh, some Karen has made some complaints because Sam Panda was wearing a thong. Now, there's a bloke who spent hundreds, nay, thousands of hours researching thongs on the wonderful YouTube channel Lingerie Lowdown. Can I just (laughs) say to all the Karens out there and even all the coppers of Northern Carolina, don't do that. Poor Sam Panda, did I mention? Cracking sort. Yeah, I'm Googling her right now. Was down catching some rays. The next thing you know, she's being told she has to cover up or leave the beach. When she says uh, she's doing neither, the police decide they're going to arrest her. Now, Sam Panda, who's a cracking sort, uh, (laughs) immediately asked to see the penal code that she was violating. Let me tell you, Sid, I know one penal code she was being violated, violated when I seen that video of her being arrested. So grab a mirror, Karens and coppers of Myrtle Beach. Thong should be mandatory, not a crime. Number three. Hang on, I'm still Googling Sam Panda. There she is. Yeah. Go no, on. she, she can wear a thong anytime she likes. Oh, that's the offending uh, article <laughs> of clothing? That's right. Who's been offended besides Karen? Not me. Like I said, oh. I violated about four penal codes. I wonder the cops wanted to handcuff her. Now... Final yeah, one. keep going. Grab a mirror, Florida man, hard and thick. There's always you a Florida person. Absolute magnificent bastard. What's he done? This week, Harden picked up his new Porsche from his local Porsche dealer in Pompano Beach. Good for him. He's probably worked hard for it. Well, Harden drove away in his beautiful white Porsche 911, complete with optioned up 20-inch racing wheels and carbon fiber brakes, after handing over a check for 139,000 US dollars. Good for him. It was a dream come true for the 42-year-old who has loved Porsches since he was a little boy with posters of cars on his bedroom wall. As he got into his Porsche for the first time, he even got the salesman to uh, take a photo of him in the car to post on his socials. Buying the car was a real reward to himself for all the time the Florida man has spent learning how to make fake checks on Microsoft Word. <laughs> and it he, seems... didn't, he didn't even care when the, uh, the salesman bumped him up for the, uh, the fish oil in the doors. Nah, and, nah, why not? Um, It'll be worth it. It seems Harden has a real knack for making fake checks on his <laughs> computer and then finding imbeciles who accept those pretend banknotes what a and give you a brand new supercar for all your troubles. Good work. But after picking up his new set of wheels, Harden decided that now that he has a nice set of car, a nice car, he also probably needs something to tell the time. So Harden went and bought. Well, I say bought. I mean, <laughs> technically, it's probably not bought. Yeah. Harden went and picked up or picked out two new Rolexes with another check that he'd made on Microsoft Word. Sick. Um, it's here where things sort of fell apart because unlike the Porsche dealer down the road, the jeweler held onto the watches until the check cleared. <laughs> uh, Standard now, practice. Maybe Harden should have learnt uh, not to put his actual name on the on the checks <laughs> or his actual bank account details. Oh, no. Um, now, you idiot. Uh, like anyone outside of a... An absolute dumb, dumb car dealer would actually uh, accept a, a fake check. This is Ryan Madison dumb. Now, when the check was found to be a fake, not even a, a good fake apparently, Harden was arrested by local coppers who just finished pepper spraying some bird on the beach wearing a G-banger. But anyway, <laughs> Harden was arrested but was released on $10,000 bail, which he paid for by check. Are you serious? <laughs> so grab a mirror, Harden, you magnificent bastard. What a magnificent <laughs> bastard. Equal 10. At Omaha underscore club. Grab a mirror of the intellects of Twitter who thought they were so clever informing us that 
at John Wayne Parr, put him in it, real name isn't actually John Wayne. I bet these same shit fingers didn't realise that John Wayne's name isn't actually John Wayne. <laughs> Hashtag hit yourself over the head with a bar stool. Do you know what uh, John Wayne's real name is? Uh, Mary. Or Marion. Marion, that's right. Um, just while we're on that, thanks very much to John Wayne Parr, firstly, for coming on last week, but also thank you for everyone and the reception that was being given on social media. Yeah. I know he appreciates, but so do we. When we get a guest on like that, First of all, he's a little bit out of our um, normal hitting zone. But second of all, to have all you people uh, tweet about it and thank you for coming on, it's genuinely appreciated. So thank you very much. Equal 10. At Mace182. Grab a mirror me at Mace182. Put himself in it. (laughs) You complete another spanner. I'm like the Darius Boyd of the parenting world. I've held on for one kid for too long. I've been a dad for 20 years and have just welcomed my fourth daughter with another 20 to go. I don't know if that's 20 daughters or 20 years. Hashtag <laughs> lifetime contract. Hashtag need a payout. Hashtag I'll be 100 at her 21st. <laughs> it's not as bad as uh, old mate at the beginning of the show. It's 56 years. Equal 10. They haven't even had their first kid yet. At Matthew A. Blake. Grab a mirror, Eddie Maguire, you glorious bastard. Not only has at boss of footy, put him in it, it's not actually the boss of footy, and at AFL, shit the bed since COVID, you bum, you bumbling your way through hypocritical excuses about at Collingwood FC, put him in it. Stuff ups has just proven the greatest game of all is at NRL, put him in it. Who, who said that tweet? Matthew A. Blake. Go and follow him now because the AFL will shut that account down <laughs> very, very soon. Equal 10. At NRL for breakfast. Grab a mirror at Original Smart Sam, which is Sam Newman's account, Mm -hmm. and his childish antics on playing golf during stage four restrictions and comparing (laughs) bottle shops being open. We need to drink to deal with old people like Sam. Hashtag tantrum, hashtag golf, hashtag not today, Sam. Couldn't agree more. Remember when we went through in uh, New South Wales the tough restrictions that look like could be coming back. At least they kept the bottle open. I don't know if you've noticed my replies to Sam Newman. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I don't know why you bother, I but just want uh, him to good break. for you. I want him to break and go, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> Equal 10. At the underscore Googe, G-U-J that is. Hey, Googe. Hashtag grab a mirror, John Williamson, for not putting <laughs> arguably your second most well-known song after True Blue on your greatest hit album, the Insolarim jingle. Hashtag earworm, hashtag not old man emu. Is that him? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a cracking hit. Still better than any Ramones song. I was going to say, I forgot about John Williamson when I put my <laughs> top three most overrated musos together. Nine. Hey, we're up to nine already. Lift at, your game, Twitter people. At efficient, not lazy. Says Graham Mirror at AFL. Put a minute. Good. You third-rate poo show of an organisation. <laughs> at Collingwood FC. Put a minute. Coach breaches strict hub protocols and gets a light tut tut. But a journalist does his job and reports the news and gets fired. So you can put the game at risk, just not report negative stories. Hashtag don't look over here. That was an independent journalist you're talking about there. And we laughed and laughed. Eat. At S.R. Woody 7. Hey, Woods. Grab a mirror of plastic chairs and get the fuck out of the way when Madge's in the middle of a post-game <laughs> spray. Hashtag not a time for sitting. Hashtag destined for night. How old is uh, Madge? Because uh, when he kicked that chair, he looked a little bit wobbly. 
<laughs> I'd be drinking at halftime too if I was the coach imagine of the Tigers, poor, or, or poor, maybe he's got bad hips. Imagine poor old Wayne Wayne Bennett's hips after he kicked the chair. <laughs> They'd have to give him like a little chair, like that little bit in the middle of a pizza. He'd be on the that little plastic. He'd be thing. on the Celebrex, wouldn't he? <laughs> Seven. At I don't the... want to know what drugs he's on. <laughs> a couple of blueies, you'd imagine, <laughs> if not a Camagra fiend. <laughs> if anyone knows where to get Camagra, DM me. PO uh, Box four one six six. At Dingo H2. Grab a mirror. Conspiracy theorists who have not yet figured out that at Queensland, put a minute, might be behind all the dramas in Victoria to get the at Storm up there so at least one team based there occasionally wins. Interesting theory. Hashtag piddly, pity got AFL as well. Hashtag state versus state. Isn't it terrible that the Storm is the best Queensland team at the moment? Mm. Six. It's worse that Queenslanders are actually the ones saying that. Um <laughs> At Baxter157, grab a mirror North Korean state media for having less censorship and looking softer compared to the <laughs> AFL media, put them in it. Hashtag spa trip, hashtag facial. Uh, if there's one mob that you don't want after you more than the AFL, it's the North Koreans. <laughs> I don't know. That account's gone. Yeah, which is worse? I think I'm I'd rather sure. Kim Jong-un and one of his six <laughs> imposters instead of Gil McLaughlin, Gildy McLaughlin. Five. At Eels, TCT. The Cumberland Throw. Hashtag Grab Mirror at Sid Punts. Hey, Put him in it. As I watched the Bulldogs surge from 18-0 down against the Eels on Sunday, it took everything within me not to sing The Only Way Is Up is the Bulldogs. I now fear that song will never leave me. You've ruined one of the eight games for me each and every round for eternity. Let's play it again. Just quietly. What'd you press stop for? Yes, and the plastic population. Desperately unlucky not to be in the most overrated bands. No way. Four. At Lambretta, GP 1971. Grab a mirror, Israel Folau, for not kneeling at the At Catalan Dragons Stadium the other night in your Super League game. You weren't in any danger if you knelt. I looked. There wasn't a priest standing anywhere near you. <laughs> Hashtag safe to kneel. Hashtag no throat sausages nearby. Uh, Hashtag no gay marriage required. Can I have a go now? Go. All right. Grab a mirror. Malcolm McDonald. Do you know who he is, former? Oh, M-Mac. Yep. You don't know who he is. Never heard of him. Let me tell you who he is. Ronald's brother. This is a man who hit the headlines this week because doctors are growing him a new penis on his forearm. Wait, you can do that? Look, this is not some kind of weird body modification or a stunt like that guy that got breast implants for a dare. That was cool. (laughs) This is a serious medical procedure, except it's not as serious as some because it involves a dick being grown on a bloke's arm. It's hilarious. I love this story. But this is the story. It goes like this. A British man whose penis fell off due to a severe blood infection had a new one built. On his arm, Google this, there's footage of it flopping around off his arm. It's great. The man suffered from a, blad, a bad blood infection in his Henry perineum that caused his schlong to turn black, but not in a good way, former. <laughs> I've seen black schlongs. This was not in the good way. 
And a few months later... There's a couple of videos on <laughs> Pornhub if you look hard enough with Max Black Schlongs. A few months later... It's a real he, phenomenon, I've got to tell you. <laughs> a few months later, his penis it just fell off. But his testicles remained, so it's not all bad. But he said... So on the floor, <laughs> it was just all cock. He said, because I had been through the devastation of knowing I was going to lose it, when it fell off, I just picked it up and chucked it in the bin. <laughs> now... For two years, he L- suffered. L- Lorena Bobbitt style. <laughs> for two years, he suffered with no schlong. Probably having to sit down to piss and not being able to send dick pics to random ladies <laughs> until he heard about Professor David Ralph of London's University College Hospital. They do good work there, former. Mm-hmm. Professor Ralph. Community hospital. I mean, uh, college <laughs> hospital. All oh, right. <laughs> now, Professor Ralph is known as. The Penis Master. That's not a nickname you want in high school. That's my name on Red Hot Pie. <laughs> I bet it is. Now, Professor Ralph told old Dickless Mao that he could rebuild... That was also his... my name on Red Hot Pie. <laughs> he, also... he could rebuild his penis through an arm graft that could grow a penis in two years, which coincidentally is how long yours grew for. <laughs> Now, Malcolm... The first two years. <laughs> that's right. Then it stopped. I get it. Now, Malcolm decided to go ahead with the procedure and get an added two inches as well. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> two. Of course you would. What are you paying by the inch? Surely. <laughs> 20. <laughs> you would get extra. Well, you would, Former. Remember that time you and I were at a uh, barbecue and I introduced you to my doctor mate and you showed him your schlong mm. and he told you of all the ones he's seen... Yours was about the average, and you were pretty happy with that mm. until I told you he was a pediatrician. <laughs> that was a good day. Anyways, Malcolm. But to be fair, he said, I still would hate to have it on my chin as a wart. <laughs> or on my forearm. Anyways, Malcolm now has a schlong halfway up his forearm. It's hilarious to see. And whilst people may be put off with uh, Mal's odd appearance, he's loving it. He's going all Peter Parker with it, <laughs> flinging spider webs at everyone, I'd imagine. I didn't look at the video, but the operation. Jeez, to... <laughs> you, you love to be in a packed train, wouldn't you? Just rub it up against the Sheila. No, no, I wouldn't. You're a weirdo. What's that? But, uh, <laughs> but the uh, the operation to have it removed from his arm and placed back next to his kegs has been delayed, sadly, due to coronavirus. Oh, the bloody virus! Uh, Unprecedented. And... Well, when speaking to the New York Times, Malcolm, he became quite emotional. You could say he's a bloke that wears his heart on his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully soon he'll be back on his feet. When I first walked in the studio today, I, I wonder why you're high-fiving yourself. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully soon he'll have his dick back with his balls, able to wear short sleeve shirts again on a train. Mate, you ruined that never, joke. That would never have stopped me. <laughs> and uh, with an extra two inches, what a what a great tale. So grab a mirror, Malcolm McDonald and Professor Penis, you magnificent bastards. Professor Penis, again, red hot fire. Um, imagine... Uh, Sounds like a Cluedo solution. Going to a restaurant with old mate Malcolm and saying, Malcolm, can you pass us the uh, potatoes there and he... Mate, can you get your cock out of the potato? <laughs> I didn't want mayo. <laughs> Stop stirring me soup. <laughs> it's so weird. Three. At rugby underscore new. New Lambton Rugby League. 
Grab a beer of the publican at our major sponsor, the GR at Lambton. Not only did you win third prize in the beer raffle and not donate it back to the boys, you refused, you refused to let us have boat races or even scholar beer. Hashtag soft as, hashtag your shout, hashtag probs drinks light anyway, hashtag as soft as Milram who drinks rosé. That's disgraceful. What pub was it? Uh, it just says the GR at Lambton. I think to uh, get Brad, their, get Brad their sponsors name. a full crowd of the boys. Yeah, well, to get their name back out there in a positive light. Throw a few sponsorship dollars this way. Two. At. <laughs> at her, <laughs> sorry. At Horatio underscore McMutt. Yay, McMutt's back. Grab a mirror at former legend. Hey. Put me in it. And shove your Taurus horoscopes up your ass. <laughs> First, it was a hairline retreating faster than a Broncos defensive line. Then the Cam Smith Devon started. Now explain to me how I can get a good haircut. Hashtag why does it grow where I don't want it to? Hashtag fuck middle age. Hashtag not bitter. You sound pretty bitter. What got number one? That was a cracking one. One. At Mark Johnson, 2430. Hey, John A. At Molly's Farm. Grab a mirror COVID-19, you magnificent bastard, for showing us how many complete fuck hats walk between us previously unseen. <laughs> Well, we haven't done our um I'm just an ordinary girl. Sometimes I'm lazy, I get bored, I get scared, I feel ignored, I feel happy, I get silly. Well, it's been a big week for uh Beck Jugs. <laughs> What's been going on in the world of jugs? We've got three headlines yet again, and I had to cull some. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to go equal third. <laughs> Beck Juggs this week, headline number one. Rebecca Judd dons a face mask to duck down to the shops. Who cares? But it just goes to show. That's the law. <laughs> she's an ordinary girl former. She's not above anyone else. Until you read headline number two. AFL wag Rebecca Judd shows off her decadent home delivered high tea in an Instagram video. The story goes like this. Beck shared a series of videos from her balcony. Of course she did. Overlooking her home pool and tennis court with her food delivery and labelled it another beautiful winter's day in Melbourne. As 732 Melbournians contracted the Rona and 13 <laughs> people died. And the entire population's locked up. <laughs> but she's having scones. Anyway, headline number three. Beck Judd reveals to Kiss FM listeners that she pees her pants a little every time she sneezes due to hay fever. It happens. Am I right, ladies? Fascinating stuff. That's why I do my pelvic floor exercises. <laughs> Fascinating stuff from the ordinary girl. Just doing ordinary things. I'm just an ordinary girl. Sometimes I'm lazy. I get bored. I get scared. I feel ignored. I feel happy. I get silly. That's right, ladies. Follow former legends. <laughs> Pelvic exercise, floor routine, and of course you can sneeze with confidence. If not, full credit the boys dot big cartel for all your lady nappies. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's do this, Sid. NRL round preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au. 
or download the app today. It's round 13 of the NRL in 2020, and when we preview the round for the upcoming week, we get this bloke on. Andrew Ferguson from Rugby League Project, from Fergo and the Freak. From Victoria, so you'll have to speak up through your mask. (laughs) And from home, blokes, welcome to the show, mate. How's things going? Yeah, mate, I'm getting around like a uh, low-rent doctor at the moment. <laughs> how many uh, How many times did you enter home blokes? <laughs> at least weekly. <laughs> the money was good. <laughs> and what about how many times did you send your photo in? <laughs> oh, no, that, that, that was a daily thing, yeah. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every picture you saw in there was just me. <laughs> That's how we got hold of you. But anyway. Yeah. Did you see this bloke growing an arm on his cock or growing a cock on his arm, whatever he's Yeah, doing? cock on his arm. You'll hear about it tomorrow if you listen to our podcast. All right, brother, we start on Thursday night and uh, it's the St. George Illawarra Dragons really in form, full of confidence. They're taking on the Sydney Roosters. Bluebet have the Dragons at $4.35. They have the Roosters at $1.22. What are the stats saying here, mate? Uh, it's been 15 years since the Dragons last beat the Roosters in Wollongong. Wow. Wow. Oh, is it because they've been times? playing in Sydney? Or? They've only played one game since then. Oh. Oh, mate. <laughs> lies, damn lies and statistics. <laughs> <laughs> With that stunning stat, what are you, who are you backing? Uh, Roosters here. Yeah, I think the Roosters will be keen to come out and blow a team off the park. And unfortunately for Mary's Masons... They're coming up against the Roosters. I, I'm backing the Roosters, and I'm like you, mate. I think they need to make a statement in this. Yeah, and I think they will. If they start well, this could be anything. Friday night in the Manly Warringah Seagulls, they're taking on the New Zealand Warriors. Um, Manly are $1.22 with Bluebet. The Warriors, who never stop trying, they're $4.35. They're the odds they like to win from. What are the stats saying, Andrew? Uh, it's been 15 years since the Warriors last beat Manly on the pile of asbestos. <laughs> um, who are you backing, mate? Um, I'm actually going to go for Manly on this one, but I reckon it might be close. Well, we've played the Warriors into form, so it could be closer than people think. I don't know. I, I think I might change my tip by the time the uh, teams are announced. But the manly side just... I'm very tempted to back the Warriors, but I will back Same. the Seagulls only on the bounce-back effect. But um, the Warriors are only travelling 45 minutes down the road, so the travel's not going to affect them like it normally would playing there at uh, the Asbestos land. They didn't get bashed up last week. No. They cruised they, to victory. They cruised to victory. <laughs> did it very easy. Um, but, yeah, I just think Seagulls are going to have to show something, much like the Roosters, to be honest. Uh, the second game on Friday night sees the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Brisbane Broncos. It's Rabbitohs. Wayne, Wayne v. Siebes. Um It's $1.27, the Rabbitohs. Wayne, $3.75, Siebes. What are the stats saying, mate? Uh, Anthony Seabold has gone up against Wayne Bennett five times, and in that time he's recorded one win and 37 mental breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are you backing, mate? Uh, Rabbitohs by plenty. Yeah, Rabbitohs. By plenty. I think probably going on form, the Broncos, they put in a good 70-minute uh, performance. The week before, 40-minute performance. Mm. They'll probably put in a 16-minute good performance this week. Well, they're going to have... Rabbit will win. They're going to do it. They'll do it easy against uh, the Broncos, who, as we discussed earlier in the show, 
mate, there's nothing to hang your hat on after last week's loss. I'm telling you now. You can but, talk about improvements and everything else all you want. That is a load of bullshit. I think even though the Rabbitohs will win convincingly, it will be due to just really bad luck. <laughs> yeah. A couple of clutch plays. <laughs> Couple of tap ons. They lose by forty. Try goes against us just before half time. Yeah. Next thing you know, um, <laughs> on Saturday this, we start the game off. So, sorry, start the afternoon off with the Melbourne Storm taking on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. It's so in the Moolumbah Storm these days. Uh, it's a dollar twelve. The Moolumbah Storm. It's six dollars twenty five. Bulldogs. Name your own price. Andrew, what are the stats saying, mate? Melbourne have won just thirty six point two one percent of their games without Cameron Smith. Their last win without him was 1,148 days ago, back in round 15, 2017. Wow. Like we said earlier, he's only missed, what, two? He's two. only played less than 40 minutes in two games, 400, ever. 400 million 425 games. Uh, what say? Unbelievable. Bluebird have him at $1.12, the Storm. What are you thinking, mate? I'm going to go with the Storm here, but I, I don't think it'll be uh, a, I don't think they'll run away with it. I think it'll be pretty close. The Murbar Storm. Mwollumbar. Yeah, I'm from up that way. I can call them Murbar. The Murbar Storm will win probably 13 plus, but not 20 plus. Do you reckon they'll be the Mwollumbar or the Maroochydore? Mer- I'm not sure. Hmm. You you told me. Maroochydore Storm. Um, Let's call them that. I'll back the Storm, and I'm a bit like you guys. I, I don't know. Munster will probably step up and own it. Brendan Smith, the son of Cameron, will probably come out. Good player. They should sign him up for decades. Need to secure him. Yeah. Um, the second game on Saturday says the Newcastle Knights take on, um, well, I don't even want to talk about it. the West Tigers. The Bluebird have the Knights at $1.65. They have the Tigers at $2.25. Andrew, what are the stats saying, mate? Benji Marshall has never had two losses against the Knights in the one year. He also has won 66.7% of his games against the Knights. Interesting. Mm. What are you backing? What do you um, think? I'm going to go with the Tigers, obviously. Always got the Tigers. Look, I was going to say, after this week's piss-poor performance, I'm never backing the Tigers again. I've circled the Knights, but I'm backing the Tigers. Are you? Yeah, for the last time this year. I don't know, to be uh, honest. Me neither. These two teams have disappointed me for different reasons. Look, I'll back... The loser of this game does not deserve to be in the eight, and the winner of this game does not deserve to be in the eight <laughs> on current form. I'll back the Knights. Oh, gee, I don't know. Yeah, the Knights. Uh, the third game, which will probably be an exciting game, should be an exciting game, promises to be an exciting game, sees the Penrith Panthers take on the Canberra Raiders. Bluebet have the Panthers at $1.50. They have Ricky's Raiders at $2.60. Andrew, is there a stat about this that we can hang our hat on? Um, Penrith haven't had a win at home on a Saturday with a seven-day turnaround since round 23-2015. But they're in good form. Who are you backing? Uh, I'll go Penrith. This is my upset of the round. Raiders. The Raiders will win. They're getting their shit together. They've got a few players back. Panthers can't attack, even though they scored 40-odd points last week. <laughs> Canberra in an upset. This will be a cracking game. Yeah, I don't think Canberra can do it, to be honest. I'll back the uh, Panthers. Uh, the first game on Sunday sees the Gold Coast Titans. Well, this will be an interesting game. $2.10 with Blue Bet. North Queensland Cowboys are $1.74. Um, Andrew, what are the stats saying about this? 
Anthony Don is the only current Titans player to have experienced a victory over the Cowboys while playing for the Titans. That was back when he was 26. He's currently 32. He's Don. He's good. <laughs> um, what are you thinking, mate? Uh, I'll go tough... Cowboys, but I'm not confident. Yeah, this is a tough one. There's a few tough ones this week. Well, like last week when I got six out of eight. I'm telling Back you in now, the Tigers. I'm telling you now, the Cowboys halves last week, I know there were fill-ins and everything else, and I know I think Arcee comes back this week, but they were ordinary in the halves. Mm-hmm. They can't do that against the Titans, and for that alone, I'm going to go for a little bit of an upset here, sneaky upset back to Titans. You know what? You've convinced me. I'm going the Titans as well. And $2.10 I just, with I, Bluebad. I, I can't get the Cowboys when I back Me neither. Them. They're a tough team, mate, to, I, uh, to, to all get year, a on. Oh, yeah, I've not understood the goal case, but geez, they're looking good they're, lately. They're, they're, they were unlucky last week. They're trying. Um, yeah, I'm going the upset with you. The Sharks. That's Scrooge, hasn't we're, it? We're cooked. Um, <laughs> the final game of the round sees the Sharkies take on the Eels. The Sharkies are $3 with Blue Bet. The Eels are $1.39. Now, I'm going to give everyone a warning here. Don't just assume that Parramatta are going to win this. This is your big tip out of the week, isn't it? I'm telling you now, You mate. said before the Eels can't stay up for all of this time. Andrew, what are the stats saying, mate? Have you got anything to support my theory? Yes. The last time Parramatta won back-to-back games at Cogra was in 1990. There you go. Well, I'm home. Ring blue bit. Click now. <laughs> uh, yep. Who are you backing, mate? I'm going Sharks. <sighs> I'm going the Eels. It's their year. Jeez, that was a bit loud. <laughs> I'll fix that in post. Um, yeah, just don't play it. Just don't play it ever again. <laughs> um, Go the Eels. Are you backing? The Eels. I'm going to back the Sharks. Good. In for a penny, in for a pound. I might catch up with you this week in the uh, tipping. Wouldn't like your chances. You're about, you've dropped down to about 20th. I know. Mate. And I've jumped up to 105. <laughs> Stranger right. things have happened. Sid. Yes. Take us to your rough punt. Yeah, play the jingle. Well, I fucking would if I could find a cunt. <laughs> oh, you mother. Fat fingers. Fucking motherfucker. <clears throat> right. If you want to have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke. Sid, punt. Uh, followers of Sid's Rough Punt will know that last week we got pretty close. A couple of legs in the first one. The West Tigers game threw me. Blue Bet threw me an extra 50 last week. Yeah, for their same, go game, again. same game multi. Same game multi. So I went all in on West Tigers, which I don't know why I did that. <laughs> but uh, we scored first. Got that first leg up. Then uh, Nofaluma scored. So that hey, we've was all the, got stories that you was didn't the, collect. That was the second leg up, and I was home and hosed. You're one of these punters. Until we were no longer home and hosed. But then on Saturday, I got the uh, racing thing on Bluebet. You're not interested in any of this, are you? No. I'm so not. I am a good tipster. Like I said, 12, we've all got stories. 12 to 1 in the first at Randwick. But anyway, this week, I've been backing Freddie Tedesco to score a try in a lot of my multis. Uh, in the past six weeks, mm. and he refuses to get over every time I back him. He's due. So I'm going all in. Blue Bet have a special this week. Three tries to Tedesco pays $17. And against an insipid Dragons team, I'm hoping, 
I'm backing Freddie Tedesco. 50 on the nose. 50 on the nose. Just one leg. Surely I can get this one leg up. Teddy, you've never let me down before. You've let me down so many times. Not this week. Please. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for joining us from down there in Cosictoria, whatever it's called. Um, Mate, uh, all we can wish is that you stay safe. You can help this bloke out. Either send him some face masks, (laughs) some cock shots, or sign up to his Patreon on rugbyleagueproject.org. Down the left-hand side column, you can sign up there, help a brother out. Uh, you can listen to his podcast, Fergo and the Freak, nine episodes this week, and every one was an absolute <laughs> doozy. Um, and you can follow him on Twitter at Andrew RLP, or you can look for him on I think it's uh, I think it's TikTok. TikTok, yeah. yeah, he loves a TikTok. He's a good dancer. Yep, tell um, he's lost so much weight <laughs> dancing all the time. <laughs> and uh, I've been following your pelvic floor routine, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, make sure I get the camera down nice and low so you get the, uh, you get the junk when I do the split. No dribble at all. It's fantastic stuff from you. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. That was... Boy sack, mail and feedback time, Sid, and um, well, not much to report. <laughs> no, not much to report, but we do have jerseys available. There's some left after they got delivered, and I've posted them all out. Everyone that has purchased one, thank you very much. You should have it by now. Go post a photo of yourself on Twitter with the hashtag. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Go to fullcreditsoftheboys.bigcartel.com. You can get the jerseys there and membership packs and lady diapers. Yeah, they're on their way. Full Credit the Boys officially branded. Welcome, Matts. From our good friends at Mayor Inc. Thanks, Tracy. Um, Well, there's not much else to say. No, not much else. I've had a shit three weeks, so I'm out of here. Um, As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realise there's not much left. Oh, you can only dream. Because I've been blasting and laughing so long that... Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. Good night. See you. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realise there's nothing left. Because I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never caught the man.